Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Well, actually, at my age, I'm excited to be anywhere. So I always think if I wake up in the morning and my eyes are open, I must be alive. So I get out of bed. If, of course, they're not open, I've passed on and this programme is a repeat. Nevertheless, nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday. I bet you're excited. I'm very excited. I had the driver today who was driving like Speedy Gonzales. I've never been so fast in a car. Even in my car, I never went that fast. But we got here in record time today, so that's good. And I know he's listening. It's Friday the 29th of April. There's some good stories in the papers. There's some bad stories, there's some sad stories. There's just about everything chucked in this morning, and we will chuck it all in. Plus, we'll have uh, two clips of our special guests for In Conversation, one being Johnny Vegas, the other being Sir Jackie Stewart and his son Mark. That's to come this morning, between now and 6.30. It's all very exciting, isn't it? You got a, got a cup of coffee? Ready? Lying there? Well, not if you're driving. Try not to lie there if you're driving. But, you know, basically, this is where we sort of perk up a little bit in the morning. You know, you've had your sort of your other little bit. And uh, and then now this is this is the wake-up bit. This is the bit where we try and keep you awake, try and get you through the morning, try and find somebody to put a smile on your face, try and make you feel as though you've not got the, uh, the woes of the world and you haven't got loads of letters from people saying, give us our money, we're coming to chase you. And you think, well, thank God it's the end of the month. Thank God we get paid. Paid. We have been paid, actually. That's always that's always the bonus, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Lisa Riley turns up on Loose Women. She's got to be doing a diet uh, video, hasn't she? She's been on a diet. She's lost uh, eight stone, which is not bad at all. Uh, there's also um, the OSOPC BBC. They're going to start asking you questions like, did you get free school dinners? Did your parents go to university? I can do a no on both of those ones. We didn't. I didn't get free school dinners at all. Uh, do you remember the the real life Ken? You know, out of Ken and Barbie from some years ago. Um, he pitched up in the playbooks. He's he's an airline trolley dolly, and he's had all this surgery. He thinks to make him look like Ken. Of course, he looks a bit more like Barbie than he does Ken. But he's had it all done, and now his nose has been fixed for the sixth time. It's cost us fifty thousand quid on the NHS. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is not what the NHS is there for. Some some poor little creature flying the skies. He's off work for two months because his nose has started collapsing. He does not look like Ken. He just looks like some silly person who's had loads of surgery. I don't quite understand it. And yet, on the following page of the newspaper, there's a man whose wife needs to raise £400,000 to get uh, surgery for his leukaemia, or he's going to die. And I can't help feeling that in one way we've got some, some creature, and I use the term loosely, who's so obsessed with the way he looks, he wants to look like a, a character who doesn't even exist, and we're paying for it. I think it's nothing short of scandalous. And the other page, you've got this poor man who's dying and whose wife has got to raise 400,000 quid very quickly. Oh, you give up, don't you? You give up. Interesting, Kelvin McKenzie's column in The Sun today. No mention of Hillsborough. No mention. Not even a, not a smidgen of it. Not even on the front page of The Sun. They haven't, uh, again, they just haven't bothered. They can't be bothered to do anything like that because they know exactly how people are going to react. So they shove it inside. They try and keep it well away from, from anybody. It makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? And they don't have to be embarrassed. Uh, how fantastic, says Bev. Did Lisa Riley look on loose women? Sometimes when people... Uh, lose a huge amount of weight after a certain age. They can look a bit drawn. Perhaps Lisa could give Colleen a few weight loss tips. No wonder Colleen was absent from the show today. Yeah, the moment they actually tell them they've got somebody who's slim on, she takes the day off. It's easier for her because she's not on a diet and she hasn't stopped the smoking, as far as I know. We did try and find out the latest on uh, Arge's sister. This is little Arge, who cheated on the girlfriend, Lydia Dim, and uh, and slept with a few people in there. Uh, Has no discernible talents that anybody's ever spotted. Uh, Did a naked selfie of himself 
or the internet, which just made you feel a bit sad for him. And then his sister managed to do the uh, the marathon in some phenomenal time. The trouble is she was missing for bits of it. She went missing for about an hour because they've all got these tags and uh, they're saying perhaps some, perhaps there was something wrong with the system. Seemed to work for the other 39,682 people. But uh, apparently for Arge's sister, who has been on the programme, but again is another dismal one, this time she was only raising 530 quid for charity. Hardly worth bothering, really, seeing as she's another one who's been in this X on the beach. Obviously a, a slight desperado. It's the fact that she might have cheated. Strangely... Strangely, she's been removed from the uh, from the marathon list. Strangely, she's been removed from her brother's list where he was going great on my little sis. That's how they speak down there. My little sis, because she ran the uh, the marathon. And so he's removed that as well. Obviously, there being some doubt as to whether or not she did run the marathon or whether she's uh, a fraud. And we don't know at the moment. They, they investigate these things and then they'll, they'll probably come back later and go, no, she cheated. I mean, obviously, it must be possible to cheat, except with all the electronics that go on, it becomes becomes a little bit more difficult to do it, because every time you pass a checkpoint, it checks in the fact that you've, um, uh, that you've actually passed that particular checkpoint. And she seems to have missed quite a few out. There's about an hour. There's about an hour that, uh, that she just sort of disappears. Just disappears. And you think to yourself, so, did, did she actually do it, or did she cheat? And the answer is, I couldn't give a forex. I don't like her anyway. Don't like him. Don't like anybody who features on the television, really, in those sort of programmes. Uh, 84850, steve Um Another little bit, they were talking about uh, poor old Jordan, you know, the very insecure Jordan, who's decided still to humiliate the, uh, the cheating husband, little Kieran. Kieran, who pops up on porno sites now, which is about as desperate as it gets. Um... And uh, so she's plugging her little reality show. She thinks, th- this is how, how shallow and sad poor, poor Katie Price is, that she says she wants to do global domination of her family like the Kardashians. Except the Kardashians have uh, two things that she hasn't got. They appear to have the glamour and they've got the looks and they've got the intelligence. She has none of it, of course, at all. So she wants to put it, she says, I've got a mad family. Uh, Yes, we've seen you on the television. I think you are quite mad and completely untalented. I don't believe you can do anything. You're not... You've been around for ages. Your shows have been dumped left, right and centre. She said, I've got 200 animals. And you think... And I'm sorry, you think this is making a television programme. So she dyed one of her horses the other day pink, which I'm surprised the RSPCA even clamped down on. You know, absolutely disgraceful. It's like that person who took those kittens and coloured them in with felt-tip pen. Little little black and white kittens and coloured them in. People like that, I want to see strung up by the side of the road. <laughs> Makes you feel a bit angry, doesn't it, towards people. People who... Those two blokes who threw that dog down the stairs, they're still out. They're not even in prison. More than 800,000 of you have signed the petition to get them back into court and, uh, and to get them thrown in prison, throwing a dog down the stairs and laughing at it. Disgusting people. Really disgusting. Uh, the other, the other uh, story that was in the papers today is we've lost two people. Well, we probably lost a lot more than uh, two people. Uh, but these are two that you know about. Uh, one of them is uh, is uh, the guy who played... Um, uh, what's his face in Hyde? I can't remember. His name's Barry, wasn't he? Barry Stuart Hargreaves he played. And uh, he was 78. Now, he was suspended from the programme. He was replaced, I think, after Series 7. I think after Series 7, because I believe he had a slight drink problem. Anyway, he, he, he made it to 78, which is not bad. That's Barry Howard, who was Barry Stuart Hargreaves. And uh, he, was, he, he was then replaced by Julian uh, Dimple Sykes, played by Ben Arris. 
Uh, very interesting. He was he appeared in loads of things. Uh, Howard House of Windsor, Heidi High, Terry and Junior, Rang the Lord. Uh, he was he was a little bit difficult to cast because he was very very camp, but he fitted in to the program. He really did. I mean, he's, he apparently appeared in Doctor Who. He was also in Mister Snuffleswick, uh, and he appeared in Pantomime. Uh, as an ugly sister. 78 he was. I mean, that's not bad. He died in Poole in Dorset. The other person who died, and I was equally as sad about him dying as I was about the actor Mark Farmer. Mark Farmer was in Grange Hill and Minder. Uh, you'll know him. If you, if you Google him, you'll look at him and go, oh, gosh, yes, we know you completely. And uh, he had a short battle with cancer. He died age 53, so I'm sad at that as well. Because we've lost a few people from Grain Chill, haven't we? We've lost a few of these uh, people. But uh, when I saw that headline come up this morning, I uh, googled him just to remind myself which one he was. I knew anyway, but I just wanted to make sure that it was exactly the same guy. And uh, it's always such a shame, such a shame. It was terrible. And uh, having run the uh, the marathon three times, says uh, Kevin. Uh, he says, I confirm you have a chip tied to your shoelaces and you're timed about a dozen times over the course. So you can find out your times on different sections. Uh, and of course, you can run better times in future and no one can cheat. Well, she's disappeared. She, she disappears from the radar. There's a whole hour. I've looked at, the, uh, at her timesheet. There's a whole hour that she doesn't pass any of the checkpoints. She passes the first ones. Then there's a gap of an hour, and then in one of them she appears to do what is a world record time in uh, in so many kilometres. She does it in like an hour, and they're going, well, this is world-beating, this is. And so it is possible, I'm assuming, that somebody can cheat, because she disappears and then pops up again an hour later. How does that happen? How does that happen? I mean, the answer is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's uh, It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a very interesting one, and I'm sure that we will be looking at it uh, very, very carefully. Very carefully. And um, <clears throat> the story of these uh, Ken, the story sickens me, is my mum died of leukaemia, and resources are very scarce for people in her position, says Graham. Yeah, I mean, I don't, as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't give a f- toss about a, a steward, an air steward, who's had who's had no end of surgery to make himself look like Ken, uh, a cheap plastic figure that goes along with Barbie. And uh, he doesn't look like Ken at all. He just looks like some silly little person who flies the skies, who's decided to have all this makeup, and he's had his sixth nose job. We've just paid 50,000 quid for this vanity. Why? Why are we doing that? Why Why isn't he paying for himself? He's off two months at work. I bet they absolutely love him at work. Uh, James is finishing his university engineering project. God, blimey, that sounds like suicide, doesn't it? An engineering project. How dull is that? A university engineering project. It's like people who do media courses, isn't it, at uni? I never know what they do, because I, I never did a media course. I'm not... Uh, uh, I'm not particularly interested in things like that, but I'm I'm curious as to what what they actually do. Very curious. Uh, what else we got on the program this morning? Oh, a double take picture in the paper. Is it Dennis Norton or Martin Freeman? Dennis Norton is 94. I'm delighted to tell you, he's still very much with us. I interviewed him years and years ago, and he's very much with us at 94. Fantastic! It just goes to prove Dennis, because I know he's a regular listener. Uh, good person, good life. Long life. Uh, also, if you want to put the spark back in your life, give up sex for a year. <laughs> kind of enforced, isn't it, really, for you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just talking generally into the microphone. It's, you know, I mean, I don't know why you'd put your hand up and uh, go for that one. I don't know, really. The cap fits. 
or if the cap doesn't fit. Uh, that's quite sweet, actually. So you have to give up sex for a year, and then you put the spark back in your life. God, they could be suicidal next door. Absolutely. Uh, also, women are on a diet for over six years of their lives, and a midlife, cri- midlife crisis, they say, can be good for you. I think, I mean, I don't even know what a midlife crisis is. Is that something that's very exciting? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I've never had a midlife crisis, and I'm not looking forward to one. But there is a lovely picture of me on one of the desks out there. Hillary, uh, my my boss's PA, has got a photograph of me. I was tempted to write on the back, this really is Steve Allen. It was taken some years ago, and uh, it's it's me looking incredibly young. I might actually take a picture of it and pop it up on uh, on the tweet because I can't remember who the person is I'm standing with, which doesn't help, but I believe it must be somebody famous. I've also found the Steve Allen autograph book from 1997. It was in a cupboard we were clearing out, and I sort of saved all this stuff. So I was looking there at this book from 97, where we wanted people to sign on a page, uh, but it didn't quite get like that. People started filling it in as if it was a uh, hotel register. doesn't quite work the same, does it? Anyway. Mm. I've got, to, I've got to do six cups of coffee a day. Because six cups of coffee a day is good for you, uh, they say, but not any more than that. And I had coffee. I've discovered, actually, the girls in Starbucks, there is no word in Polish for, could you hurry up? It's all a little bit Spanish. It's a bit manana. It's a bit, we'll kind of do it later. Because you could be queuing there, and they go, hello, Steve. And uh, you know, hello. And they always say, the same thing, how's your day? It's good, good. And they sort of, pot- I'm only looking for a, a cup of froth with three shots of coffee in it. Just to give me that boost. You know, to get, woo, uh, to give me that boost which sort of comes, it kind of gets you going for the day, doesn't it? I think I'm, I'm totally convinced that caffeine's good for me. The other thing that is good for you, which I've said before, is work. Work is very good for you. It's now been proven. They've done various studies and they've said that if you carry on working, that keeps you living longer. It's only if you retire that all of a sudden your body starts closing down. So you've got to keep active. You've got to do things. You've got to get out there and, uh, and work. That's lovely. Never get tired of that jacket. I really don't. It's a nice one, isn't it? It's obviously a favourite. Is it favourite? It's. I know it's yours. Obviously, I know it's yours. It's very nice. Is it Australian? No. Oh, it's British. It's English, is it? Good look. Fred Perry. And yeah, made in China. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I don't think they're made here, are they? It's very nice. Does that mean you're sporty? If you want a Fred Perry on, that's like, yeah, come on, yeah. No, just me. Anyway, we'll take a short break. Very chavvy. Very chavvy Fred. No, actually, I, I don't think it's Fred. What's the... Uh, is it Lacoste is the fairly chavvy one, or anything that's got Burberry written on it? I think Burberry was desperately trying to reinvent themselves, and then Daniela Westbrook completely screwed it up for them by wearing a Burberry hat, a Burberry skirt, a Burberry pram. It was quite ghastly. And we knew then that uh, to try and rescue the brand was going to be a little bit difficult after she dissed it so much. It's coming up to, oh, let's just say quarter past four, shall we? It's not, but it doesn't matter. Steve Allen on LBC. Andrew Castle. Saturday and Sunday morning from seven on LBC. Thank you very much indeed. 21 minutes past uh, four. I said it was roughly quarter past four. It doesn't really matter, does it, actually? I'm just looking at the the pictures of, uh, of Mark Farmer the Grain Chill and Minder actor who died. Um, we think he, he did loads of things. He was he was really nice. At, well, I say he was really nice. I don't know, but I just don't like to hear, hear of people dying, you know, too early. Uh, he did uh, Johnny Jarvis, a coming-of-age series about the lack of opportunities for the young. And uh, he also appeared with... I think he was in with uh, Matthew Kelly in Relative Strangers uh, as well. 
So he'll be very sad today. Very sad. So our commiserations to uh, Mark Farmer's family. Uh, and all the fans of, of Grange Hill. A little bit disappointing. A little bit disappointing. But uh, as I say, onwards and upwards. At least we've got memories. At least we've got him on film as well. Kevin says, I wonder if the Greenwich Foot Tunnel can answer all the marathon cheats question. Uh, no, she, she... Well, I don't know. They, they, the rumour is that when people cheat, they, they go and get on a tube and sort of jump a few things, but that's all it is. So it is possible to cheat. We, we've had it before in the past, and so now they've got this uh, this thing which checks them in, so they just disappear. I mean, she disappears from loads of them. Disappears from loads of them. In fact, looking at the uh, at the evidence, as they say, Milud... Um, but anyway, he, so he's deleted the post of his sister's London Marathon time amid this cheating round. When you look at it, it's it's interesting. At, at 12.33, that's her last recorded entry, and then she disappears off the radar until 13.11. So she's, um, she's sort of, she's gone for quite a while. Although he actually put out a Twitter saying, she did it, I'm so proud of my little sister. But when they actually worked it out, it worked out that one of the bits she did in some phenomenal time. A phenomenal time. She passed the 20k mark at 12.33, and it doesn't appear to pass any checkpoints for the next 20k until she suddenly reappears at 42k just under an hour later. It was also pointed out the statistics showed she completed the second half of the 26-mile long race in 48 minutes, which is an average of less than four minutes a mile, which is physically impossible for somebody like her. So uh, she disappeared. So anyway, race officials have confirmed that she's being uh, investigated. It would be dreadful, wouldn't it, if, if they uh, proved that she cheated? That would be absolutely, absolutely scandalous. And of course, we'd all be to point and laugh and all the rest of it. Out of I think there's something dreadful about people uh, cheating. Uh, we've taken the picture of uh, of a younger Steve, and uh, um, uh, we twittered it. Yeah, yeah. Just just twitter it, just and then just sort of tweet it and let it go, and then you can make up your own mind. But I can't work out who the person is I'm with. And I'm, I haven't actually had a proper look at it this morning, so you'll probably say to me when you see it, oh, we know exactly who that is. So it's up on At Steve Allen Show. This, and I only found it on the desk outside as I was coming in. I, thought, I looked at it, I thought, what is that? Oh, it's me. And so uh, we, will, we will try and work out exactly who the other person is <laughs> and exactly which building it was taken in. Which building it would have been taken in? I think it was in Hammersmith, but I could be, I could be wrong. I'm generally wrong on these sort of things. I have to go by the logos and exactly which, which logo it is that we were using at any particular time. But uh, something nice for you to get on a, on a Friday for those people who collect Steve Allen memorabilia. A little bit. We sent it. We done. Lovely. Lovely. There we go. Young me with... God, honestly. Where have the years gone? Who the God in hell's name was that woman? Who is it? That's so annoying. We're holding our hands up. Unbelievable. Me with hair. Dark hair. Even more frightening. Even more frightening. So, young me with who? <laughs> They'll all be going past that today, going, who is that? It's Steve Allen. Why does he look so young? Because it was taken hundreds of years ago. That's why we know these things. <laughs> anyway, 84850, steve at Let's take all your texts and emails on the programme for this morning. Because we're like that, because we're happy people, and because it's Friday, and because it's the weekend, and because it's not just the weekend, it's the bank holiday weekend. Which means that you get an extra day on Monday. I don't know, life is one big long holiday for most of you, isn't it? Apart from those of us who are working, and who don't complain about it at all. Uh, the BBC girl in a christened tell. 
Now, this is an interesting story. So here we have a story of somebody who's appeared online saying that, and, and I believe that Chris Evans is aware of this as well, that somebody's going to dish the dirt on how, how difficult he is and how he treats staff at the BBC. Now, we've had this before. We've had people who bully and nobody says anything. And then it comes out, so-and-so is bullied. We had it from somebody on one of the Antiques programmes. We had it with, uh, with Mr Clarkson. You have it with a load of people. If you get a celebrity on a programme, and I, I don't necessarily think it works just on celebrities, but I have worked with presenters in the past um, who bully, and who bully quite quite badly. I don't think they're aware of the fact they're bullying. They think they're just trying to get a good programme. But I, I can tell you of a presenter that I worked with years and years ago who regularly used to reduce the staff to tears. Um, and it would be, and you, you'd be think at the time you didn't think anything about it. The interesting thing is here that they've had to go back to the BBC and, uh, and sort of say, are you aware of these uh, things? And the BBC, typical BBC, one minute, are we going to be very open? We'd like an open book. We want to make sure everything. They've stuck their head in the sand. They haven't bothered to respond. So if this comes out, and it turns out to be really, really bad news for Chris Evans, then the BBC are going to have to fess up and go, oh, yeah, we actually heard about that. We didn't think it was worth bothering about. So this, this girl here, um, uh, the Sun revealed how the 52-year-old star's vicious shouting reduced a, produ- uh, a producer to tears uh, at Radio 2, where he presents The Breakfast Show. Now a senior former colleague may go public with shocking new information about the behind-the-scenes outbursts. Now, to be honest with you, most presenters are like that. Most most big presenters. I've seen people shout. I've seen people scream. I've seen people rant. I've personally never done it myself. I've personally never done it myself, because, to be honest with you, I'm not going to waste the energy all the time. It's not worth it. I, I find it easier. If somebody can't do the job, there's no point in shouting at somebody. It doesn't make them any better. You just have to get rid of them and find somebody else who can replace them, which is probably sometimes easier said than done. So it'll be very interesting. He is aware of it. He's aware of, you know, that somebody here could be making uh, statements, and uh, they weren't going to uh, come forward, but now they've decided to come forward... Uh, they say here, 2016 uh, reduces Radio 2 producer to tears by yelling at her, admits whipping staff uh, out, uh, whipping, oh, admits whipping out Willie at meetings. Ooh, Lord, don't have meetings like that here. Well, not that I'm aware of, but uh, he has done that. He did that on TGI Fridays. He got the whole team to go start naked. And so he, you know, that's whatever, whatever. Uh, 20, 2001. He was sacked by Virgin Radio for missing work six days in a row. He was seen out drinking with his then wife, Billy Piper. 1995, fined 7,000 quid by Radio 1 bosses for a 17-hour pub crawl before going on air. And so they've, uh, they've done it. There's always going to be stories, isn't there, about somebody who doesn't like working with you. And somebody going, oh, they were terrible to work with. They were this and that. And they, you know, they, they, they were horrible and they shouted at me and this kind of stuff. And you think to yourself, you're probably going to get that all the way through. And I would think somebody of his of his magnitude is probably no different from anybody else. I'm only guessing, of course, only guessing. I mean, I know that there is no excuse for bullying um, here uh, or, in, or in any place on television or wherever. There's, there's no excuse for it. Uh, more uh, people talking about the, uh, the show here. Somebody says, uh, so refreshing to listen to somebody who isn't scared to say what he thinks. Well, I mean, that's why I, can't, I don't understand when somebody says, well, I can't stand Steve Allen. You think, well, you don't like the truth. 
You don't like the truth. That's the trouble, isn't it? The 20k and 40k are both the highway. The only section where runners are going in two directions. So she's hit for 40 minutes, then rejoined the race, missing Canary Wharf. Well, we don't know what's happened. They're, they're investigating. They don't know. She just doesn't seem to pass any checkpoints. Which is like, and then when she does join the checkpoints again, she seems to do record time. But for the end of it, I mean, literally, as if she was strapped to Concord, she's done it. They're, she's doing under four minutes a kilometre, which is uh, which is not bad for, for an amateur racer, is it, really? I mean, she's in world class. I'm surprised she's not up for the Olympics. Let's wait and see, shall we? Let me have a... Mm. Delicious. Uh, what have we got here? A slim young, slim young woman's stomach swelled so much because of a rare reaction to avocados, she was mistaken for being pregnant. I didn't know you could get it. Well, you could probably get a reaction to most things, can't you, really? Kelvin McKenzie. So what does he say about Hillsborough? What does he say about Hillsborough, Obama? Nice email from so-and-so. And, um, Mr. Gary Watts is a skinned electrician. Uh, Sir Philip Green is a clever man, sensitive one. Uh, Polly Peck, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Not a thing about Hillsborough. Not a thing. But, of course, there wouldn't be from Kelvin McKenzie, would there? I don't have to run through it again. you just better go and check out exactly what he was doing when he was the editor of the, uh, the paper. Nothing short of disgraceful. Small wonder he's had to bury his head between his legs and, uh, and eat the humble pie, because just no mention of it at all. I find it unbelievable. How could a, a so-called journalist not mention it, seeing as he upset so many... So many people at the time and then uh, disappeared. In fact, even the sun themselves are trying to distance themselves from it. And yet they'll sort of put it into some of the pages. But they're so far down the line with it. You start thinking, you know, are they are they really are they really so against it? And in fact, actually looking through it today, I can't find can't find anything on it. In the, is there anything in the sun at all on today? I'm just having a quick, quick look. Just sort of, sort of diss them unless it's absolutely necessary for them. So to do so sort of a quick look here. I can't find anything actually on it. Perhaps it's at the, perhaps it's at the beginning of the paper. It must be, mustn't it? Must be at the beginning of the paper. No, no, it's all red. Red Ken, Widow at Fury, BBC Girl and Chris Word, Trap. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all in the sun. Isn't that odd? Come on, Rebecca, pull your finger out here uh, and uh, and sort of do something. Goodness sake, I've never seen like it. There is a picture of uh, Harry Styles here and. Uh, sort of wearing a, a school uniform. I can't work out quite why he's wearing a school uniform. There must be some sort of reason for it. It'll probably be some fashion statement. Because sometimes school... There used to be a place... What was it called? Was it school dinners? And also what? Oh, God, I've missed the news again. Oh, God. 4.30. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC. With Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. That doesn't make it any better, does it, when somebody says, Happy Friday. You think to yourself, honestly, these, this disc jockey, you know, goodness sake, what does he know? Uh, we think it's Carol Decker. We think the picture is of Carol Decker. OK, that's who we think it is. Which means she's been listening to, to me uh, for even longer than I imagine. I know that every time we sort of we get together, it's, we'll always, we always have a chat. She came in a short while ago, actually. She's still touring, still working, just as hard as she ever was before. So uh, that's who it is, Steve Allen and Carol Decker. A very young Steve Allen. Uh, and just in case you've only just tuned in and you're thinking where it is, you, you can go to you can go to at LBC on Twitter and you can see the picture now at LBC. OK, 
It's also on at Steve Allen Show as well. So you can find it all over the place. You can look at it and marvel at how the years haven't been at all kind when you sort of check out some of the pictures. Honestly, it's awful, isn't it, really? You look at some of the pictures of you, and it's, unfortunately in this business, we've had regular pictures taken over the year. Some people are lucky. Some people, they did a, an album cover shot the other day of all these pop stars like the Phil Collins, because, you know, Phil put a, a... He recreated his album covers from ages ago by putting a current picture of in the same pose. And uh, I don't think he looks that much different. And there's loads of other people on there, all their album covers where they featured on it, and they didn't look that much different. Then I looked at me, and I looked completely different. Every year seemed to be another look. Every year, you know, we either had long hair, or it was a fluffy perm, or the perm had worked its way out, or they started losing their... Oh, I don't know. It was all just... It was too much. But that's what happens in this business. That's what happens. Uh, Neil says, I think the picture of you is a, a very young you. Yeah, it is absolutely... Well, it's going to be young. It's not going to be a very old me, is it? It's going to be a, a very young me. I lied, delighted the fact that it's Friday. I got the car back yesterday. They gave me a ring and said, the car's back. They said, you're going to need two new tyres shortly, but not, not just yet. So we'll just keep an eye on those. And, uh, and everything else we think is, is tickety-boo. So we just had a little, a little service. You get the mini service where they sort of change the oil and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm quite, at least it's better than the last car, a Vauxhall. I don't even know what, what, what sort of car it was. It was just a Vauxhall, that's all I know. And when I, I went past uh, Paul's shop and uh, they stood outside and laughed at me because it was a NAF car. And when you're used to seeing somebody in a nice car, when you see them in a NAF car, doesn't really help, does it? Uh, anyway, more of your texts and uh, emails as we squeeze everything in on the programme. Come here, you silly machine. Because uh, the computer this morning, I was just about to do something, and, uh, and then all, all of a sudden it, it vanished from my screen. Uh, so, front pages of the paper. Daily Star. Should we do the Daily Star? I was like the Daily Star. Uh, you've got... Um, one Leicester fan who misses the title bet for the first time in 20 years and misses out, they say, on £100,000. Uh, also, a little story on Victoria Beckham. Not that we don't get it, because they're so shy, aren't they, the, uh, the Beckhams? They don't like any pictures of themselves. Um, and so here, she was uneasy in the Spice Girls. Who says this? Their manager, Simon Fuller. Uh, Simon, um, who also manages Posh and, and Dave, says Victoria was unsure of her place in the hit 90s girl band. He said she could sing pretty well, she could dance pretty well, but she always felt uncomfortable. She certainly looked uncomfortable in it, didn't she? She was the one at the back who, who didn't really appear to do anything at all. So we, uh, you know, we sort of looked at it. Lewis Hamilton apparently doesn't have time for girls at the moment, he said. Not surprised wearing some of these doolally outfits. I mean, I've never seen anything so awful. Although some of them it looks like a reject from the village people. It's what the village people would wear on a day out. And poor Lewis Hamilton, but he's so, so busy. He's split from, uh, apparently he's been, he's been out with lots of famous women. Well, he's been pictured. It's not the same as going out, is it? You know, the Rhiannons and the Kendall Jenners and uh, other people. But he says he, he's not interested. Whatever that means. What does that mean? He's not interested. He's obviously gearing himself up for his work. But he was very focused. And, uh, and then he finished with Nicole Scherzinger. And the reason he finished with, uh, with Nicole Scherzinger is because apparently she wants to settle down and have children because she's, uh, she's pushing the boat out a bit now. And she can't find anybody who wants to settle down with her. I think the last three she's been out with, they don't want to settle down with her at all. And uh, Carol Decker has quoted the tweet... She's, and she said, we are gorgeous. <laughs> well, you were. You were. I was never actually classed as gorgeous, Carol. So she's, she's up early this morning. She's 20 to 5. 
And Carol Decker's up and it's been re- retweeted already. So she said, we were gorgeous. Do you know, honestly, the, when, you, when you count the years and when you meet people nowadays, and I've got friends who are very much younger than me and, uh, and a few friends who are not, I don't know anybody, well, apart from one or two, who are my age. The rest of them are all much younger than me. And I'm of the opinion that the younger your friends, the younger it makes you feel. I think I think that's how it works. I'm not too sure. I think that's how it works. I think it's a case of if you have very young friends, then you think young young things, don't you? you don't you don't sort of think old things. You know, it's like if somebody ever says to you, "Act your age." My answer, my stock answer, was always, "If I acted my age, you'd be talking to a pile of dust." So I don't bother saying that anymore because on the front page of one of the papers today is our uh, good friend Fern. Fern Britton has said that she does not mind hitting sixty. She said it holds no fear for her at all. And, and I have to be honest with you, I don't think it holds any... Well, when I get there, of course, as you can imagine, I, uh, I don't think it'll hold any fear for me either. I don't... It's just a number. It's just a number. If, if you can sort of look, you know, in the paper today and you will see a picture of Dennis Norton and uh, you think to yourself, he's 94. You know, I mean, that must be different, wasn't it? You know, if you're 94, I mean, obviously life changes a little bit. Uh, you know, the people who sort of died in their 60s and 50s and things like that, that's way too young. I think you should live for as long as you can. But the, the key to it is don't stop work. Stopping work is the thing that all of a sudden means you just go, oh, I can't be bothered. So always find something to do. If it's gardening, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I like to do something each day. I like to do something each day. At the moment, I've got no idea what today holds. All I know is it's Friday, and Friday is a day when I can just sort of go, do you know, I've got the weekend tomorrow. I actually don't have anything to do. I think probably what I'll do on one of the days, which will take me about ten minutes, is do my VAT, uh, which, which doesn't sound very exciting, I realise, but believe you me, I get bogged down with, with paperwork, and I don't, I don't like to get confused by paperwork, so I like to get it over and done with quite quickly. And uh, I used to struggle with the VAT because I couldn't work out where to put the noughts. And stuff like that, because you've got to fill so many columns in. It turns out you're only putting uh, two two figures in, and then the rest it calculates by itself. And so you do that online. But I sweated over it for ages. In fact, and sometimes the computer would switch off because I hadn't done anything because I didn't know what I was looking for. Now I get the invoices out. I've got the invoices out. I've got them all there and ready. I've got my calculator, my bit of paper and a pencil. I write out the numbers of the figures, do it, and then submit it, and it goes yes. And the thing I missed the other day which is, I, sh- I should have renewed, but then I thought, why bother, uh, my parking permit for Twickenham. And it's 75 quid for the year, but um, I have private parking anyway. And I've just realised the other day, I worked it out yesterday, I thought, well, wait a minute, I never ever do parking in Twickenham. Why would I bother? I park at home. I don't need to have it. So I've saved myself 75 quid. So whoopee, up on the deal. Up on the deal at the moment, it's very good. Uh, Fern thinks she's only 26. See, I don't know what age I think I am. Mentally, probably quite young. Mentally quite young. Physically, maybe not so young. But she's nearly 60, so she must be sort of coming up. She turns 60 in July next year. Oh, that's ages away, Fern. That's ages away. Gosh, got a long time to go yet. But uh, it does. there's another piece, uh, piece of the paper today which says that women feel their sexiest and most confident at the age of 34. Doesn't say anything about men. I'm obviously sorry about that. So you just have to work it out for yourself. But uh, but for women, it's uh, it's 34 that they feel they're most 
sexiest. Interesting, isn't it, really? I never think about it. But it's when people say, I'm not looking, you know, I'm not looking forward to turning 60, or I am looking forward to turning 60. I don't, I think once you actually get past 60, I don't think you really care about it. I don't think you care at all. I think you just go, well, I've passed 60. And then people say, you know, you're, you're quite young thinking, aren't you, for the age of 60? You go, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to be like. You're supposed to go into a, a terrible decline when, when you hit the age of 60 and start wearing sort of old men clothes and stuff, or whatever old men clothes uh, are. I've got no idea. I've got no idea what it is. I just sort of think to myself, if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling, you know, a little bit sort of upbeat, well, then get out of bed and enjoy the day, even if it's this time. Even if it's this time. Have we, got the, have we got a break coming up? We have got a break. Is that how long the break is? What it says up there? Does it say 2.10? You know where I'm going for two minutes, ten seconds, don't you? So it's now quarter to five. This is LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. 13 minutes to five. It's Friday. We love Friday. It's the 29th of April. So 30 days have September, April, June. So we've got one more day and then we're into... Uh, into the Maybank holiday, which is your opportunity to get out there in the snow, put your put your thick dungarees on and your Wellingtons and all the rest of it. Because they've said it's going to snow, but, I mean, they have been wrong before. They have been very wrong before. Uh, Steve, not only is Dennis Norden 94, but his wife Avril is still with him. They married in 1943, over 72 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? There must be something about... I mean, my, my friend Bryn and Annie... Over in France. I mean, they aren't as old as that, but they're, they're not far off it. They're not far off it at all. And you think to yourself, what is it in some people's genes that, that makes them live a long time? And then some people, like um, poor Mark Farmer, who's just died as well, uh, at the age of only 53 from cancer. And you think, it's a terrible waste, isn't it? I mean, is it, you know, whichever way you look at it, you know, when you read of, of kids dying of cancer and you go to to some of the hospitals, and I've been in hospitals where, the, where there are children who are in the last throes of life, and some of the hospices, and you just, it's just, it's just a waste. It's just a complete and utter waste. And then there are other people you wish would die soon, because they've been a total waste from start to finish. But when you look at, um, at Barry Howard, who died the other day from Heidi High, I knew that he had a, a problem with drink, but it obviously didn't seem to affect him. He went to 78. I mean, how, how long do you want to go? But he had, a, I think, a, a blood cancer. And he did the first seven series of Heidi High. And I thought it was great. I mean, they, they were the couple who... It, it was one of those... It's, it's, it's purely contained within British films where you get somebody who's as camp as a Christmas tree, but they're with women. And so when you've got Charles Hawtrey in the Carry On films and there were always, you know, busty women around there be going, ooh, you know, and sort of making out that he really liked them. And Frankie Howard, exactly the same when he did Up Pompeii. It was all full of busty ladies who he would be leering over. And Barry Howard was sort of, we assumed, married to, uh, yes, because it was, it was Barry Navon Stuart Hargreaves. And they used to pin their own wallpaper up in their chalet because they were so posh. But they were the ballroom champions because in the early days of of those lovely holiday camps, which many of you will remember. That was what they had. You had ballroom champions who were brought in. Now, today, you'd probably end up with somebody like Tony Beak. Luckily, he's not been in the papers for a while. And uh, and somebody else like Christina Rianoff, and they'd be sort of dancing and showing you how to do it, because people danced. You know, you think it's only with the uh, advent of all these shows on the television that people carried on dancing again. I can't dance for toffee. I mean, I, well, I can dance. I could dance, but I can't do ballroom dancing. That's why I think it, it's quite good when you get celebrities who do it. And then when you look at, uh, at Lisa Riley, she did it in 2012, and she's trimmed out... Well, I mean, she's hard... I mean, only because of the face. Only because... And I've talked to, uh, to Lisa before, but only because of the face would you actually recognise her. And uh, she's lost a, about eight stone she's lost. 
in two years. So it's a slow process. I mean, we'd all love to do it, wouldn't we? I'd love to. I'd say, all I'm waiting for is the miracle cure in my lifetime that, uh, that, that you, you, you sort of go into a hospital and they go, OK, Steve, right, we're going to give you the sleep cure. And they give you a tablet and you go to sleep. When you wake up, you're, you're slim. They, they, they've taken away all your excess fat. But I don't want to be liposuction, thank you very much indeed. I don't like that. You know you're old, Steve, when your trousers become two sizes too big and they come up to your chest. You know what, Edward Heath, I mean, his, his waist magically moved up to just about underneath his nipples. And so, uh, so that was that. <laughs> Jane says, you can borrow my dog and take him for a stroll if you want. <laughs> supposed to be a good way. Oh, not only do you meet people if you've got a dog, but uh, you also, it's good for exercise, isn't it? You take the dog out, we do it on a Sunday, and, and that's, my, that's my exercise. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else, thank you very much indeed. I think, I think the whole idea about exercise is I sort of sit down, have a glass of Prosecco, and it goes away. But being Friday today, I can do anything like that. I can go out this morning, I can have fried bread. I don't, I just talk about it. I've never, I haven't had it for so many years now. So many years. I'm being persuaded by Paul Cooper. Uh, we're going to be going out for a Chinese in, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm being taken by my friend Jordan to go and see Kinky Boots. So we're going to see that, I think, next week. I'm going to go and see my brother on Sunday uh, and sort of take down some stuff for him for a, for a car boot. So, uh, so that's sort of mapped out. But today and tomorrow, nothing. And I like days like that. When you have a, a week that's reasonably planned out... Um, I, I'm, I'm OK with it, but I do need the rest when it gets to the weekend. I've got to that age now where it's quite good. I said to, I said to my boss the other day, because we're clearing cupboards out here because we're having a, having a revamp, and it's all very nice. And, uh, and I said to him, I'll, I'll sort out the, these boxes. He said, well, don't... He said, just take it easy, because he knows what I'm like with lifting things. I'm not very good at lifting things. And I can do things, but I've got to do it in my own time. It's one of the disadvantages of A, being diabetic, B, being slightly overweight, and uh, C, being a little bit tired. As we all get a little bit older, we get a bit tired. So I have advice for Fern, which is, uh, you know, keep going. And she does. She looks really good, actually. She looks really, really good. And, of course, you know she's married to that, uh, that Phil... Keeps her, a, keeps her a prisoner in the bedroom, you know. Prisoner in the bedroom, then takes breakfast up to her and cooks food and everything. Must, God, must be absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, what else do we have in the papers today? We have the man who's been boxed in by his neighbours. A two-year photo campaign. This is um, Gary Setterfield. He's a father of three, frequently faces a battle to escape from his drive, which is often blocked in by several cars in a cramped cul-de-sac. Uh, and as if being forced to painstakingly reverse around each one wasn't enough, he's had to put up with it for years. The design of the cul-de-sac means that he can't get his car in or out. And so he's just keeping a, keeping a diary. But he said the problem is actually taking over. He said, I worry about damaging somebody's car. Well, they're not bothered about you, so why would you be bothered about them? Uh, they've offered all sorts of mitigation. Uh, head of Neighbourhood Services have said the police have visited multiple times and agree there's been no breach of law. Just somebody parking there, blocking somebody from gaining access to their drive or getting out of their drive is not, is not anything to do in the law. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? When you actually see the cars aren't there, it's fine. But when you look at the cars that are around him, you know what a bunch of chavvy people he's got living in his area. And uh, most families have got at least two cars, if not three. Years ago, you could see, you look at pictures of, of London and the suburbs, and probably most of you will remember, that when you looked out, you know, the kids could play in the road. The reason you could play in the road, because there weren't any cars. You know, if a car went by, it was a bit of a rarity. You know, you look at some of these old British movies, and there are sort of, you know, cars nowhere. You might see one or two cars in the road, because they were too expensive, people to have. People had bicycles, and they caught the bus. 
and the train, and they did stuff like that. Nowadays, if you've got three kids in the family and there's mum and dad, there's two cars for mum and dad. Dad's got one, mum's got one, and the kids have each got one. I mean, at my, at my godchildren, they've got one, two, three, five cars. Five cars. Because they've got... Well, in fact, actually, they've probably got six. They've got a couple of cars for business. Then there's uh, sort of the main car. And then two of the kids have got cars as well. So, uh, <coughs> doesn't take much, does it, to sort of start filling up the road. And when you've got houses, uh, they all do exactly the same. Uh, they all sort of fill up. Was Prince killed by AIDS? A story that we did yesterday on the programme only appears today in the Daily Mail. In fact, actually, there's quite a number of stories that, that have uh, appeared today in the Daily Mail that we did two or three days ago. Uh, also, the air stewards, 42 ops to look like Barbie's pal. He just looks like a very camp version of nobody. In particular, he looks most peculiar. He spent so much money. It's obviously some sort of sickness. But uh, his arms swelled up uh, after he had complications to enhance his biceps with silicon. A rather stupid person, if you ask me. And uh, he couldn't feed or bathe himself. Doctors told him uh, that one arm might have to be amputated. Last year, he began treatment for body dysmorphia, which causes a person to have a distorted view of how they look. It's a bit like being anorexic, I think. It's the same sort of sickness, because he's, he's, he's quite clearly ill. But to be honest with you, I think really we've just got to stop wasting money on people like this. Um, you know, so somebody might be body mis- dysmorphic, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to pay for it. Let them pay for it. If that's their, their sort of thing. It's like, you know, smokers. You know, I think smokers should have to pay for their own treatment. And I speak as an ex-smoker, so I know exactly what it's like. And, uh, and I think people shouldn't. Probably in the same way that if you can afford to pay for your medicine, if you're a diabetic, you should probably pay for your medicine. Mind you, I say that now, privately, I might say something completely different. Completely different. Uh, Jan Moyer, uh, talking about uh, Russell Brand. Good God, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought his career was finished. I thought it washed up years ago. But she says uh, he does have his fans, but they're all aged 22 and three quarters in the process of dropping out of the event management or graphic design course and trying to lose their virginity. Uh, The striking junior doctor she talks about, Nicholas Sturgeon, uh, David Cameron, Martin Freeman... Uh, Sir Philip Green and his wife, Lady Green, the ghastly Kardashian women, aren't every single one of them is absolutely vile, but uh, they're marginally better. And the small issue of Tom's tiny trunks. But as I said yesterday, if you look like Tom Daly and you can fit into trunks like that, well, good luck to you. Good luck to you. I mean, it's, you know, he's, listen, he's a good looking lad. He looks all right in Speedos. What would you rather see? Him in Speedos or me in Speedos? Tom Daly, Speedos. Steve Allen Speedos. There's no competition, is it? Steve Allen Speedos every single time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when you go to the airport, when you go in your holes, what do you do if, if you can afford it? You go, I tell you what we'll do, we'll do valet parking. Valet parking. And that's exactly what one young man, an accounts assistant, thought he'd do when he went away on holiday. Sean Hopkins bought a brand new Peugeot 106, or as my former producer used to call it, Peugeot. Because I used to have a Peugeot. Uh, years ago, years ago, and uh, it was lovely. And so he bought this thing, and he took it up to Stansted Airport, and um, and he went off, and he went off on holiday. He was uh, flying to Malaga, and uh, he parked with a company called M Park, E M P A R K. Okay, that's the company we're talking about, M Park. When he gets back for his holiday, he discovers, and I'll tell you how he discovers in a moment, that somebody has been out joyriding his car. How does he know this? It's fitted with a black box. Uh, His car is fitted with it. And what it does, it gives you... I think you can get cheaper 
uh, cheaper insurance if you're a careful driver. On this one, uh, there was no sign it had been driven until he got back and spotted the alert from his insurer direct line. So, because it uses GPS technology to record data on speed, cornering and braking, it scores journeys out of 100 with high marks given to safe drivers. The M-Park employee scored 12 for one of three joyrides. They took his car out on the road. They braked, they swerved, they did everything. So, of course, it records it on the black box. Because they were a bit thick, they didn't know that he had the black box fitted. The careful driver was shocked to be sent a feedback form saying, your score shows you're braking and accelerating frequently throughout your journeys and may be reacting too late to hazards. This is a risky driving style. He says, how on earth they got that score? I've got no idea. Stansted Airport confirmed yesterday that the unidentified M-Park employee had been fired. I want to know who it is. I want to know where he's turning up next, because he's obviously done this before. You know, so you take your life in your hands. Sometimes we've seen these airport parking places and they park them on fields in cul-de-sacs they're all over them you've got no idea where it goes to and you have to pay for the privilege about 60 quid a week and uh, when somebody takes your car out for a spin it is like ferris bueller's day off they take it out the as they go out the front of the garage the car goes out the back of the garage but uh, as i say i'd be thinking twice before parking with anybody that i wasn't aware of at the airport i really would you've got to be so so careful and that's what we're here for we're here to warn you uh, three centuries of great british art yours for 26 million it's quite a nice little collection somebody'll buy it uh, the bbc girl in the chris and tell she's going to tell how she was bullied by chris evans he's bracing himself because he doesn't know what uh, what's going to hit the newspapers but i suspect it'll be a sunday paper story uh, and we still haven't got this top gear program did arge's sister cheat on the marathon the jury's out he's had to take it off his uh, his little twitter and uh, she's been removed from the from the marathon site as well uh, so tom jones thanks fans for tributes to the uh, late wife and blue's been a naughty boy yes you won't believe the stupidity of one mother and her poor child all of that to come on lbc Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I've got... It's so funny because I've got friends of mine in this building and they're able, because they're on music programmes, to sort of programme the computer so it will play three or four tracks for them quite happily. And so a friend of mine just wandered in and he sat down and he said, oh, so so and so so. And I said, oh, I'm back on again now. <laughs> which, of course, we are permanently, because it's speech radio. It's Friday morning. It's the 29th of April. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, the rich booze seller finds out the toy boy hubby is a bigamist. Oh, dear. Spice is not right for posh. Bank holiday. Brace yourselves. Cold, blustery, hell on the road for millions. And how much for two bus stops? What do you reckon? 10,000 each? 20,000? Would you believe 550,000 pounds? How does that happen? And Lisa Riley sheds eight stone. Grain chill and minder star Mark Farmer dies after a short battle with cancer at the age of only 53. And Barry Howard from Heidi High, who played uh, Barry Stewart Hargreaves. Uh, it was, was it uh, Barry and Yvonne Stewart Hargreaves? 
I still laugh when I watch them, actually, and I still laugh when I watch the programme, because I just thought it was, it was very clever. It was, I, never, I never did the holiday camp route. We were just a little bit... We came in a bit too late for holiday camps, but that's what Brits did. The whole country went on holiday, and people went to the holiday camps for a couple of weeks or a week or whatever you could afford, and you stayed in a chalet, and there was free entertainment, and that's, that's what it was about. There was the camp comic. There would have been a singing star. There would have been, you know, the red coats or the yellow coats or whatever, the green coats. I think Shane Ritchie was a red coat in one of the holiday camps and uh, and you were there to entertain they did a, a really good program some years ago and and it was i think based on at haven holidays and the reps there who had to live in caravans but put up with some ghastly customers who sort of you know used to take their their sort of uh, daughters there to try and fix them up with somebody and that's where i first heard the song oh pizza hut oh pizza hut kentucky fried chicken and a pizza hut i think it was the fast food song and I used to sing along to it in the car, trying to remember the actions. <laughs> Gives you a rough idea that I've had a fairly misspent youth. Uh, the Oso PC BBC. In future, if you go and apply for a job at the BBC, they're going to be terribly nosy. They're going to ask if you've got free school dinners. Uh, did your parents have a university education? Uh, they want to make sure that certain sections of the BBC are very PC. And for that read, they've got uh, enough disabled people, enough black people, enough Asian people. They've got enough gays at the moment. They're not any more gays, quite clearly. And uh, they want to find out, you know, why not have lots and lots of minorities? Uh, why? I mean, I just think it's patronising. It's like the British Bake Off, a more patronising programme, maybe hard, difficult to find. You know, they appear to have the obligatory Asian person, the obligatory black person, the obligatory disabled person, a gay person. There'll be somebody... Oh, it's, it's, it's just... It's political correctness gone completely mad. It was like watching Barack Obama being presented what, with what loosely looked like a picture of nobody in this country. And so we were all looking at uh, that. Uh, Jamie says, I'm very depressed this morning. I'm now fatter than Lisa Riley. Well, you should be. You should be. I mean, I mean, I think actually we, we all get depressed at, at certain things. I, the only thing I actually get depressed at, what do I get de- I'm trying to think if I get depressed at anything. I don't think I get depressed. Well, if I go to the boot of the car and there's no, no Prosecco, that can make me a little bit depressed. I can get a bit down on that one. But uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that makes me go, oh, yes, I'm feeling very depressed about that. I'm, I mean, I'm quite lucky, actually, that I don't, I don't suffer from any of those sort of things at all. As, as I say, the only thing I, I ever suffer from is thinking, I wish I could go to bed and wake up a few stone lighter, but that's not going to happen any time soon because I'm lazy. So the OSOPC BBC, 8% of on-screen roles will go to people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender, including lead parts of on-screen roles. Wow. So we're going to get a lot more, lot more gays, bisexuals and lesbians at the BBC. Not that we don't have our fair share. I don't know how it's supposed to apportion out. Looking forward to seeing the first transgender newsreader, aren't you? Looking forward to that one. 15% of those with on-air, on-screen and lead roles in programmes will be black, Asian or an ethnic minority. For that read, I don't know. I mean, do we have to include Christians, Jews, Muslims? I suppose you've got to include everything, haven't you, really? Um... One in ten entry-level trainee and apprentice jobs will be ring-fenced for the disabled. Lovely. Didn't they... Was there not a story some years ago, and you might think I'm making this up, but I promise you I'm not, where the BBC were training a blind cameraman because they couldn't turn somebody down. They, they'd apl- I know, I didn't see how it worked either. It seemed a bit pointless to me because the whole idea of cameramen is that they, they're listening with their headphones on and somebody's going, OK, camera three, move in for a close-up shot. Well, if you're blind, how are you going to know? Over here... No, a little bit to the left. It's going to be like bullseye, isn't it? bit to the left, a little bit to the right. OK, a little bit further, just a tiny smidgen to the right. By the time you've done that, the other cameras have given up and gone home. Could be there for days. Uh, half of those uh, on-screen, on-air and in lead roles will be women. 
So what, what will the other half be? Men? Two-headed people from another planet? Independent and in-house producers of shows will be given guidelines to promote diversity. How patronising. This is an Asian person, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, that person's black, this person is in a wheelchair. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Surely the right person gets the right job. Isn't that how it works? Shouldn't it be like that? As opposed to thinking, you know, if, if I went up for a job, I'd probably be thinking, wait, if, if, I was, if I was in a minority, actually I am. I'm over a certain age and I'm fat. That's got to be a minority, hasn't it? Got to go there, I think. But uh, they say here, disabled people are to make up 8% of on-screen and on-air roles. Wow. That is so patronising, isn't it? That really is patronising. OK, Strictly Come Dancing now in wheelchairs. And people are going, why are they doing that? Because we have to recognise the disability of people. But we do. We do recognise the disability of people. That's the whole idea about it. I'm Ginger, says Martin. Will I get a job at the BBC? Well, as a producer here. It's exactly the same, you know. Same way, Ginger. Here we go, Let's look round for the ginger person in the building. He doesn't see himself as ginger. Remember, we had this discussion last time. He doesn't. I've shown the picture around police forces, social workers, people like that, and they've all said ginger. All said ginger. But, uh, Martin, I don't know if, if there is a job for gingers at the BBC. Uh, I mean, I, I really wouldn't. But, I mean, you sound as though you're in a minority anyway, because you're sounding a bit pleading, so that's good. And uh, I do not believe in positive discrimination. I'd get depressed, says Anna, if you weren't on the radio. <laughs> I'd get fairly depressed if I wasn't on the radio myself. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Valerie says, lovely morning in, uh, in Helmshaw. Is it really the end of April? It is. Well, you've got one more day, but it is definitely coming up to the, uh, to the end of it. It doesn't seem possible, does it, really? We were trying to find... Um, I'm trying to find out uh, whether or not any of you were shopping the other day in BHS, and we couldn't find anybody at all, but Liz in Colnbrook says, uh, I bought something from BHS and had to take it back as it wasn't suitable, and I was told they're not refunding anymore, but I can exchange for something else. Yes, but in fact, that would be the rule, Liz, uh, in a shop anyway. If you take something back because it's not suitable, because all of a sudden you don't like the colour or something like that, they don't have to give you your money back. Because believe it or not, and you won't believe this, but I'm telling you as a fact, that a lot of people go into shops on a Friday and they buy a garment that they're going to wear for a party. And then they take it back the next day after they've worn it. And the staff get very used to this uh, sort of happening. So the rule is, the law is, that if you buy something, just because you don't like it, you can't have your money back. You can have a voucher, you can exchange it for something else, but they're not giving you your money back. Because also it might have been nicked. And if you pinched it and then go straight up and go, can I have my money back on this? And they go, do you have a receipt? And they go, no. Nowadays, they don't, uh, they don't sort of uh, entertain there at all. Uh, Steve says, Richard, I left my car on long-term parking at Stansted Airport. Three days, 21 quid a day. Yes, that's the long-term parking, isn't it? A friend of mine parked... Where was he? He was here the other day. How much do you think he parked for? 40 quid a day round here. 40 quid a day... Just opening my melon this morning. Bit exciting. Yeah, 40 quid a day he was paying for parking. Couldn't believe it. Need to take out a, a sort of a, a loan, don't you, for things like that? Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, the Hillsborough Police Chief's replacement quits after one day. They don't last very long at all, do they? And uh, revealing women in sexy clothes seem brainier. I don't believe that. I don't believe that story at all. I also don't believe, if you want to put a spark into your love life, give up sex for a year. Tess Stimson and her husband tried it and transformed their marriage. And, uh, I mean, what, so you give up sex for a year? 
And then, and then you start having sex. Well, you'd have gone off it long before that, wouldn't you? I would have thought so. Uh, was Prince killed by AIDS? The story that we did days ago on the programme. Uh, this story has emanated in America. We don't know how true it is. We don't know anything about it. It's just pure speculation, but they can have any sort of speculation now because he's not with us anymore. And three British teenagers on a school trip to Spain have been arrested after stealing IDs from other tourists in the hope of getting into nightclubs. Police said the pickpockets, all 17 and from Bolton, were detained at Alicante. They were quizzed before being allowed to board a later flight to Manchester. The trio admitted stealing IDs from fellow Britons so they could pretend to be over 18. They were caught after a hotel cleaner found the stolen documents on the floor. Let's hope we'll have those named and shamed. Uh, and that'll be in the paper. I think the um, the Chris Evans story, that sounds to me like a weekend Sunday paper story. Uh, as the papers start a downer before the Top Gear programme starts. And I'm assuming it will be starting shortly. Frankly, I've given up on it. I've completely given up on it. It doesn't interest me in the slightest now. I couldn't care less about Top Gear. I only liked it with Jeremy Clarkson and the other two boys. I don't want to watch it with somebody else doing it. I just, I don't know why. I've got nothing against him at all. I think he's very, very clever, very, very professional. Uh, I'm just not interested in another blasted driving programme. I'm really not. Still to come this morning, we'll have a couple of clips of who's appearing this weekend for In Conversation. And uh, it's going to be Sir Jackie Stewart and his son Mark. And it's going to be as well... Who's the other one we've got? Johnny Vegas. So I keep thinking of his real name because he talks about his real name as well as as well as Johnny Vegas. And so he's going to be here as well. So uh, two very good conversations. We talk about Victoria Wood and her passing... And uh, it's a very good conversation with both people. The film that uh, Jackie Stewart's in to be talking about is, of course, The Last Man on the Moon. And you're going to love it. You're seriously going to love it. I love it. It made me cry at the end. That great line, you know, you can do it. You can do something. You can do something in your life. What did you do today? I walked on the moon. I walked on the moon. Time now. Might as well be early for a change as opposed to late. It's uh, quarter past five. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from seven. Only on LBC. Sooner they actually change the uh, the shape of the pound coin, the better. It's ridiculous. They reckon, what is it? How many in, in ten? Is it like two in ten or three in ten? A fake. I've given up checking them. I can't really be bothered, actually. The only reason you know they're fake is when you try to put them in machines and it throws them back out again. And, of course, you just pass them on to somebody else, don't you? Uh, Nick Ferrari, at breakfast this morning. Ken Livingstone suspended from the Labour Party after claiming Hitler supported the establishment of a Jewish homeland. Should the former mayor of London be sacked? And what impact will it have on next week's race to City Hall? Should the capital have a diesel ban to combat the toxic air responsible for a 1,000 deaths in just four months? And the UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, will be taking your calls. And political journalist and London Live presenter Daisy McAndrew will be with Nick. Pardon me to take a look through the morning's papers. That's Nick and the team at seven. After the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Oh, lovely picture of uh, Philip Green's little boat here, uh, which is worth about... Um, 26 million. 26 million. But you can rent it. I think this one is 330,000 a week. Which, of course, you would think if you had 330,000, you might as well go and buy a boat. But, uh, but not so. Not so. Um, what have we got here, quickly? I'm looking here. Oh, the, uh, the Hillsborough families to sue two police forces, the High Court misconduct action, because of a systematic cover-up. The lawyers have said they're uh, motivated by justice, not money. Uh, I would think they want something. They want something, won't they? Uh, the story about the vase, or vase, which we did days ago, didn't we? Do you remember the £12 vase turns out to be worth £900,000? God knows we all scour car boots, don't we? Looking for something that's going to be worth a lot of money. The bank holiday blow 
Uh, May is almost upon us, but anybody expecting the new month to bring an immediate improvement, forget it, because you're going to get uh, you're going to get snow. They had it in Derbyshire and Lancashire the other day, and uh, it's going to be very cold, very blustery, and hell on the roads as people do a do a getaway because people like to get away, don't they, for the May Bank holiday? They like to get away anywhere. Anywhere. They go, oh, I think we'll, we'll go there. Uh, also, the uh, three people beaten up in Thailand. The police have got the culprits, ugly as they are, and uh, they're paraded in front of the Thai media. And this is three family members viciously attacked on the street whilst on holiday over a spilt drink, I believe. And uh, one of the ladies uh, was fairly old. Rosemary, 65. Lewis uh, was there and his 68-year-old father. And uh, at least six people set upon them and felled them to the ground. So they're all Sparco. There's a picture of all three of them on the floor. It's absolutely terrible, really. And they found these thugs. I mean, it really doesn't encourage you to want to go to Thailand at all, does it? Absolutely nothing at all. Uh, what have we got here? Professor Green. He's, uh, he's out picking up girls. He's uh, newly single. I mean, it's either him being a bore or his, uh, his ex, Millie, Millie McIntosh. She's very dreary. And then there's a picture of Leanne Pinnock. Uh, on a rooftop in Sin City. They say she was going out for a party night in Vegas. I saw, when I saw this picture, I thought it was a Thai lady boy. I seriously did. I've never seen anyone look so ridiculous. Nobody wears this in Vegas, unless you're doing house calls. You know what I'm saying? Ridiculous, isn't it? There's a lovely picture, though, of, um, of a polar bear cub uh, learning to take the, uh, the first swim in the water. It's like it all pours out, and it's getting some belly flopping. It's ever so funny. Ever so funny. I do like it. And uh, we, like, um, we, like, we like a nice picture that makes us smile. And that is a picture that makes you smile. They just look like, very cuddly when you think they could take your arm off with just one bite. You know, that, that actually could be the dangerous, dangerous size. And who's uh, deriving some comfort on his birthday? Because he learnt what gorillas really thought of him in gate crashing back in 79. Yes, believe it or not, Sir David Attenborough is celebrating his 90th birthday as well. And uh, looks good on it. Looks good on it. So many happy returns of the day to him. Uh, I do have the story of the mum and the, the kid with the blue hair. It's a very odd story. It's, it's, it's another one of these, you know, stupid mums who goes out and decides that her son is going to have his hair cut, but with the top of it dyed blue. Bright blue. And she sends him to school looking like it, and quite looking like it, and quite rightly, the headmaster goes, oh, for goodness sake, listen, there are rules when you go to school, and one is not to have blue hair. The mother, typical mother, and then she says, oh, well, he liked it. Well, I've never seen anything more stupid in my entire life. I've been a bit sorry for them, because they're quite clearly, you know, they've got, you know, it's the mother from hell who doesn't quite understand that when you send your little kiddies to school, little kiddie winks, then you go there and you adhere by what, what the school says. They've got policy on how long your hair should be, how short your hair would be, and having it coloured blue in the middle is sort of something which is a little bit silly. But uh, she is a little bit silly, and so she's had it done, and we'll name and shame a little bit later on. Uh, there's also uh, Leicester City ace Danny Simpton's hands edging closer to Premier League silverware. See, I have no idea what that story's about. I'm assuming it's football, and that's all I know. And if you work past 65, you will live longer. If you quit young, early grave. There's another one talking of early grave. There's a steel chief here. This is a tycoon. His uh, steel firm was falling apart. And, uh, oh, that's Danny Simpson, is it? Oh, right. Oh, good Lord. He gets community service for pinning his girlfriend to the floor and throttling her. Wow. 
Danny Simpson was convicted of strangling Stephanie Ward at home. The judge gave him 300 hours of unpaid work at court in Manchester yesterday. Uh, Miss Ward had refused to give evidence at the trial and withdrew her statement. Silly woman. Women. This was last June, was it? Oh, last year, right. Women's aid group slammed decision, saying it doesn't reflect the crime. What a nasty piece of work he is. So he's the Le- Leicester City defender, 28, and he's about to win the Premier League. He originally comes from Eccles in Greater Manchester. Uh, he was denied the charge in early hearing and found guilty by magistrates. Strangely enough, Miss Ward made an eight-minute-long 999 call and then refused to sort of go into... I mean, it's just a waste of time, isn't it, really? He's got the word thug written all over him, hasn't he, really? But uh, he's about to go into the, uh, into the Premiership. Can I tell you? There's more strange things going on with football, isn't there, than anything else. They're obviously a little bit Neanderthal. They're obviously a little bit simple. Nobody ever said they were educated. All they were doing, they're, they're just sort of kicking a ball around. And they, I'm just looking at the match on the, on the television. That was him. Yeah. Delhi Ali punched somebody. Good lord, what's the matter with them? I mean, are they, are they just sort of bored or something? Or are they all expressing their testosterone? You know, we've all we've seen them losing their their tempers a few times, haven't we? But at the end of the day, they're just uh, you know they're they're the sort of things that uh, that all the girls from the reality shows want to go out with because they know they've got loads of money and can buy them things. A bit sad, really. So anyway, so here is this boss. He's a tycoon. His steel firm was falling and failing. He leapt to his death from his penthouse after telling his family he was too skint to buy them pizza. Billionaire's son Angad Paul fell from his eighth-floor balcony weeks after cheap Chinese imports left him ruined. They had sent Caparo Industries into administration. Loss of 450 jobs. His wife told an inquest, he said, I've failed everyone. Uh, We'll have to sell everything. I will no longer have a job. I'll no longer be able to provide. So he killed himself. Which, of course, is not the answer. In fact, what he's effectively done is the coward's way out. He's committed suicide... Leaving that, so I, I can't provide, and so I'm your, I'm your only means of survival, so I'm jumping off the top of this building, and uh, you fend for yourself. So she's been left to fend for herself. He was once ranked 47th uh, on Britain's rich list with £2.2 billion. You see, if, if I ever ended up, and it's going to be highly unlikely, I have to tell you now, with £2.2 billion, the last thing I'd be doing is investing in any company at all. I'd be taking it all out putting it in my local little piggy bank and keeping it there. I wouldn't be investing in anything at all. What's the point of, uh, of endangering your money? That's far too dangerous, isn't it? Far too dangerous. Uh, the lotto girl who rants at her ex, this is uh, somebody called Jane Park, uh, who's now 20. She scooped a million pounds when she was 17. She bought her boyfriend a Rolex and a Vauxhall Astra. She's admitted she thought she was buying his affection. Uh, he just sold them. He sold the watch for 1100 and uh, I believe the car's gone as well. And uh, he's basically laughed at her. And she's, uh, she's gone, I was trying to buy him, but obviously it didn't work. Nope, it did not work. Uh, how to get up close and personal with sharks. Lots of pictures of sharks. Uh, some big, some not so big. Uh, some frightening, some scratch their belly and they'll roll over. Uh, some sharks, I've seen them doing it, they send them to sleep in the ocean. You could... Uh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Blimey. <coughs> Crikey. Funny, it seems to happen. I must check the time of these sneezes. I think there's something that goes through the air conditioning system at a certain time. Do you get 27 minutes past five? All of a sudden, they sort of let's see how, how quick we can affect Steve Allen. <laughs> Worked, you know, always. And I never sneeze once, I always sneeze more than, more than once. I don't know why. It's an odd thing, isn't it? Uh, Maggie says, I bought two lovely sweaters from BHS on Wednesday. Ladies' clothes are quality, yes. Unfortunately, uh, no, no, no customers. No customers, so that's the only problem for them, isn't it? If they had customers, 
They'd be doing a lot better, but they actually haven't at all. Um, another one here says, I was on a, a bus the other day, a disabled pensioner wanted to get on the bus. Driver says that even if, as he was in a wheelchair, he was not a priority. Uh, now, you know that's a lie. You know that's a lie. Because uh, uh, you... Um, in fact, you know that's a lie. You're just printing a lie here. It's not true at all. Because uh, disabled people have the right to get the buggies off the bus. It's as simple as that. And uh, the driver said he could ask the mum to fold the buggies, but they didn't have to. They didn't want to. Don't be so stupid. It's a pack of lies. You mustn't tell lies. It makes you look stupid. It's, uh, it's not the truth. And you just take a picture of the bus driver and... Uh, and then you, um, and then you just sort of get get rid of them. You just have them. Of yeah, yeah. But some drivers don't ask. In which case, you uh, you stand your ground. You call the police if necessary. I would. I'd be saying I'm standing on this bus till the police arrive. You take this bus on any further. I'm having you in court. It's as simple as that. They know what the law is. They know what the law is. Uh, eight eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. And Anna says it's awful that. Taking something back after wearing it. Yeah, I mean, well, people do. I used to work in a department store years ago. And people, we could always tell if people had visitors. Because on the Thursday, they would come in and they'd say, I'm looking for a Chinese rug or an Indian rug, silk or something like that. And they, they'd pick something out and, uh, and they'd have it delivered. So, in other words, they, they, we, we knew what scam they were on. They were always account customers. They, they, they'd have it delivered. And then Monday morning, you get a phone call. It doesn't quite look right. Can you come and collect it? So you'd have to arrange somebody to go and collect it. So it was basically, they, they were borrowing very expensive rugs for the weekend. I mean, some people are very good at, at, uh, at being, you know, naughty with things like that. I could never do that because I think people would see through it. I did do something a short while ago, which I'm heartily ashamed of, but I can't tell you what it is because it makes me out to be a bad person. Shall I tell you what it... Oh, I'm going to have to tell you what it is. I'm going to have to tell you what it is. I went out to go and buy two... And oh, no, I'll have to tell you after the news. Uh, because it's 5.30 with the latest... Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to uh, 6. It's Friday morning. You are permitted to stand up and go, whoopee, and then go, blimey, it's cold. And uh, put a jumper on because it's going to be cold this weekend. It's the bank holiday weekend. And yes, I am here tomorrow, uh, and will be, uh, with the best of Steve Allen, between five and six, between six and seven, before breakfast with Andrew Castle. It's in conversation every week. Uh, two major celebrities, or in this case, three, uh, will be joining me for a bit of conversation. And so we'll have some clips in a, in a moment. And then I'm with you on Sunday morning between five and seven, looking at the Sunday papers. And then I have a repeat of In Conversation, which is between nine and ten on a Sunday evening. And you can also download and podcast. So uh, it's, all, it's all to play for, as they say. And with a bank holiday weekend, I know when you wake up on the Saturday morning, you think to yourself, I wonder what's on the radio. And you turn it on, you get the best of Steve Allen. And then you get the In Conversation. First play out of it between six and seven on a Sunday uh, morning. Now, my first guest uh, this weekend, a legend... I think legend would describe him very well in the world of motor racing. In an illustrious career, he notched up an amazing 27 Grand Prix wins. And whilst racing in America, he got to know some of the Apollo astronauts at the height of the space race. Now, together with his filmmaker son, he's produced a documentary called The Last Man on the Moon. It's Sir Jackie and Mark Stewart. And Sir Jackie told me he remembers the era of the Apollo missions very well. I was fortunate that that's my period. You know, I was busy motor racing at that time and I was doing the Indy 500. And 
I met most of the astronauts because the man I dry, drove for lived in Houston, Texas. So, I, I mean, I met these guys, a lot of them at that time. Almost all of them had broken marriages because they had come from being unrecognizable people to being some of the most recognizable people of that time. Mm. And Jean's first wife is very much featured in the film, and mm -hmm. she's got no uh, you know, disagreements with him at all. It's just that the lifestyle that he had suddenly was taking him out of their zone. And that happened not only people going to the moon in our life in motor racing, there were a lot of broken marriages for the same reason, mm -hmm. because there's glamour, there's colour, there's excitement. That all comes through. But Gene himself, as Mark's already said, is a great character. And funnily enough, through him, just the other night, I spoke to Dick Gordon, who also went to the moon and did all these things. And I hadn't spoken to him probably for 45 years. And it was a fantastic 20-minute phone call at his home in, in Arizona. And to have memory in, I went up on a simulated trip to the moon with Dick Gordon and Pete Conrad, who ironically, as a man who went to space and to the moon, got killed in a motorcycle. Mm. But I went to the moon in a simulator with those two astronauts who had been there. So for me, seeing the film was, this is the real, the real story. I, was, I saw everything at NASA at that time because headquarters are in Texas, not in Florida like everybody may think. Mm. But the story is a great story, and it's a story that's real. It's not a story that's been made up, and it's not a very new period. It's a period when a lot of people were the swinging 60s and the 70s. It was a window of time that I think will never be met again, mm. and, and he's an example of that. Fascinating. Formula One legend Sir Jackie Stewart with his son Mark talking about the new documentary, The Last Man on the Moon. You will, you will go and see this, I promise you, if you were remotely interested in the space race and, uh, and this fascinating man's career. He's 82 now. 82. How old Sir Jackie is, we didn't bother asking. Far too rude. Anyway, there with me this weekend for In Conversation. My other guest, an actor and comedian, well known for his edgy stand-up routines, as well as acting in television shows like Ideal and Benidorm. In the past, alcohol has fuelled his stand-up routines, but since becoming a father, he's turned his life around. My second guest is Johnny Vegas, and he told me how the fans react to his new clean-cut act. At gigs, you can feel there's a certain expectation from some people that want to see you push it, yeah. you know, right to the limit. Did you find that, when you first did it and you did your first gig going back again, did you think, I haven't got my crutch, I haven't got my crutch, oh, God, can massive, I still do massive, it? No, massively, massively. And it's, it's this, you know, playing around with this notion that Johnny is in a suitcase somewhere. Yeah. But God, yeah, the temptation to let him out on the odd time, well, you do. You know, you go to a gig and you go, I don't think I can do this. And, and the temptation to sort of have that extra swig and, still and, and try and summon him up. Oh, God, yeah. I'd never, ever found myself funny. This this was the beauty of having Johnny <laughs> as an alter ego, is that he he was fearless. Do you know what I mean? And his yeah. instincts, especially when performing live. I often said, like, I would write for him, but then he'd discount probably 90% of what I wrote. Yes. And then go out and riff on one piece of material... I'll get half an hour out of it. But you look better on it. Everything about you looks better. Yeah, I, f I feel a lot better because I'm not, as I say, it's, it's not like the pub used to be my office, basically, and right. now 
I don't think I realised. I was having a good time while I was on this drink, for, you know what I mean, for a great deal of it. I think that's the, that's the dangerous thing. And I've often said, oh, gosh. I always say, if you're counting... You're not enjoying, you're not enjoying it's, it. It's one of them. Yeah. But it was just a lifestyle, and you, and you do get into that point. I mean, do you remember there was footage years ago of um, God loving of Oda Kniggins, and he'd lost a match, and he was sat, and he carried on drinking on his own, and they cleared the tables. Yeah. And you see someone tap him on the shoulder and give him another drink. And there's that thing of everybody wants that night out with you. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants that story yeah. of. So yeah. nobody, it doesn't really particularly suit anyone for you to turn things around. But then, as I've said in the past, it's that thing of going, I, I don't want to be somebody telling my son stories about me and me not being around yes. to enjoy the time with him, you know, himself and, and being a sort of martyr to the cause of good yeah. time, like the good times roll. Always good value. Johnny Vegas, who's with me this weekend for In Conversation, along with Formula One legend Sir Jackie Stewart and his filmmaker son, Mark. So you can hear the show Saturday morning from six, just after the best of Steve Allen, and again on Sunday evening from nine. Plus, you can download the whole thing from the LBC podcast app for your mobile or tablet as well. So we look forward to your company tomorrow morning. So seven days a week, uh, you get me. And they're really good conversations. Mind you, I, say, I mean, I say that every week, but every week I'm, uh, I'm proven right. More of your texts and emails coming in a, in a moment. Ken Livingstone hitting all the papers today, as you can imagine. Suspended as Labour's anti-Semitism row goes on. Fern Britton says that turning uh, 60, which she will in July of next year, so it's not for a little bit yet, uh, holds no fear. It's just a magic number. That's all it is. It's just a number. It doesn't actually mean anything. It'd be those of you listening who are heading up to... It'd be those of you at 40 who are probably feeling pretty ropey. And, um, and that's always a little bit uh, a little bit worrying. There's a great thing on uh, on the LBC website about uh, neighbours. And we've got some neighbour stories in the, in the papers today. Some good, some bad. And then uh, people collecting things. I don't know what I collect. If there's anything... What do I collect? I'm trying to think what I collect. If I, but there's some woman who actually collects uh, napkins dating back to the 1940s. Rivetingly exciting and boring, I always thought. Uh, riveting. You know, but some people like, like collecting things like that. Uh, a lot of people working out who uh, I'm standing next to in my very early picture. It's a very early picture of Steve Allen. And it's uh, a picture of Carol Decker as well. It doesn't seem to have changed a bit. So, Steve Allen changes and you can have a look at that it's on the lbc website uh, at lbc and it's also at steve allen show as well so now we know it is carol decker <laughs> she of course has retweeted it as well because she recognized herself too uh, carol decker pictured here they say with a very young steve allen show yes not too sure whether, uh, do you know i couldn't even tell you how old i was when that picture was taken there's been been so many of them so many of them uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Dave says, bus drivers do not have to remove buggies. No, but you see on all the buses, it says there that a wheelchair takes precedent over the buggies. You can make them get off the bus. You can make them get off the bus. Off the bus. If I was in a wheelchair, I'd be creating merry hell. Absolutely. Quick one about my experiences, Steve, says Kipros. Uh, with so-called valet parking. I always use it as being a family of six, make life a lot easier when getting to the airport. I've tried the long-term parking, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, took my car to the valet parking service, based at Heathrow. When they returned it, there was uh, a young guy behind the wheel, grinning ear from ear. On examining the car, there was mud marks all on the side, the roof and the rear tailgate. It'd obviously been uh, left in a field. 
I'm questioning him, he explained he couldn't understand the language and asked me to call the manager. Well, now, I still use the valet parking service, but instead of my X5, I now take a battered Omega diesel estate. The car's got dents all over it, mismatched body panels, and when over 300,000, makes a lovely racket. The look on the valet's face when they come to pick up the vehicle is priceless. Well, I should imagine them, or they would know in advance, whenever I book my car, and you have to tell them in advance what the car is. So, could you imagine how excited they must be when mine turns up? You're going to be driving an Anage Mullin a T. Really? How exciting. In fact, the last time it was a woman who took it away. And you have to go round the car, you have to check for everything, every little mark. But you're right, many of them are parked in fields, and you're paying for that. Sometimes it's not even fields that are owned by these uh, people. It's dreadful. It really is. Valet parking. It's, uh, it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? A bit hit and miss. <clears throat> Excuse me. 84850 uk. being uh, Friday morning. Uh, a lot of people saying uh, none of the drivers are willing to ask the buggy owners to fold up the buggy. But there's a big su- on all the buses. I'll take a picture of it today, if you like. And it says this is, um, you know, if, if somebody in a wheelchair wants to get on, buggies have to get off. It's as simple as that. Couldn't care less how long they have to stand there. Somebody in a wheelchair takes pressure. What are you going to do? Leave them sitting there to the elements? No. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The whole idea of a buggy is you push the things. You don't sort of clog up the buses or Starbucks or other coffee shops. It's what they do now. You, I walked into Starbucks the other day. Not to be about six buggies in there with mums. It's almost like, you know, somebody needs to build a place for them in the middle of a field. And they can all go and sit there. I don't know what they talk about. I've got no idea. I might eavesdrop, actually, and try and find out. But I'll take a picture today of the of the buses and the things showing that wheelchairs have the uh, have the upper hand. It's like on the train on the on the overground trains. I'm still waiting for somebody. I sometimes sit in the seats meant for wheelchairs. So in other words, if a wheelchair gets on, I move. It's as simple as that. But I sit there and I'm just waiting for somebody with a bicycle to go, excuse me, can I put my bike there? And I go, No, you can't. And just sit there and stoically carry on. You know, because I always think the cyclists are pretty lazy on the buses and the tubes, aren't they? And on the uh, overground train drivers. They just uh, they just sort of ride roughshod over everybody. Whereas, in fact, I don't think they should. I don't think they should. Uh, what else do we have in the paper today? So we did the uh, the Sun. We can't believe that the Sun had got no mention of Hillsborough at all. Kelvin McKenzie's column has almost airbrushed it out of history. But there again, that's what you would expect, isn't it, really? Uh, plus, Beyonce and Jay-Z are back in love. Um, because we couldn't work out if he'd had an affair. I always think, who cares? Who cares if they want to, if he wants to have an affair, or if she wants to have an affair? Doesn't bother me. Couldn't care less. Also, the secret search warrant in the Prince drug mystery. Uh, the police have been called in to his Paisley Park home, and uh, they've been round to see if they can find any drugs. The other rumour, as I said, uh, which you now know, uh, is that uh, they think he was HIV positive. But because he's been cremated, you'll have to wait at least two weeks for the result of the autopsy. Uh, leaving Saturday Kitchen, says James Martin. He says, it caused so much hysteria, it was like One Direction splitting up. Actually, on the subject of One Direction splitting up, James, there's a, a lovely uh, piece on YouTube. In fact, there's quite a lot of pieces of celebrities meeting, uh, sort of idols meeting their celebrity heroes. And it's everybody from One Direction through to Ollie Murs. And it's amazing the way that people react. And Justin Bieber who seems to enjoy meeting most of his uh, most of his fans, which is very good. Uh, Phil Vickery says, Are you sure Fern told me she was only 57? She said in the papers, it's on the front page of the uh, Express today, Fern Britain, why hitting 60 holds no fear. So I thought she was 60 this year. It's not till July next year. So she's 59 at the moment. No, no, she must be 58 at the moment, mustn't she? 
She must be 58. If she's 60 next July, we haven't had July this year, so she's going to be 59, so she must be 58 at the moment. Yeah, she's 58. Thank you. What did she tell you, Phil? <laughs> she says, mentally, I think I'm only 26. It's uh, an interview in Good Housekeeping. She's now moved up to Good Housekeeping, hasn't she? You sort of, I think you do OK Magazine, Hello Magazine. Well, you do, you do OK Magazine if you're off a reality show. If you're a proper celebrity, or sort of, then you do Hello Magazine. And if you're Peter Andre, you'll do just about anything that you can get your hands on. And, um, and then you've got all the other little magazines which sort of lift all the interviews. They don't seem to be uh, sort of applicable to any one particular magazine. And then you get to uh, Cosmopolitan or Good Housekeeping. And Fern has now fitted into Good Housekeeping. I think that's quite an accolade, actually. I used to use Good Housekeeping on the programme years and years ago. We used to have uh, editors in from the magazines. And Good Housekeeping was one of the top ones because it, it's for, uh, for people of a certain age. Anna says there is now law where someone in a wheelchair no, no longer gets priority. I use a wheelchair myself. Oh, I know. So it's interesting, isn't it? But uh, I'm going to take a picture of this thing on the, on the bus. Definitely. I want to know about, uh, about this. Uh, the sexy women. Ken Livingston suspended from Labour after Hitler and anti-Semitism rant. The only problem with Ken Livingston is he's never, ever admitted he's wrong on anything, has he? He never, ever admits he's wrong. He just sort of blindly goes on where no man has gone before. Perhaps it's an age thing. I don't know. Thir- oh, I missed it again. 13 to 6. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. wonder how many hours of our life we spend sitting in traffic jams. I know if you sit in London, you just seen, it just, I just accept it now. I just, I just think if I'm going to drive into London at any particular time, I'm going to be sitting in traffic. And I ju- we, we just sit... I've, I've given up getting angry about things or trying to find a quick way through it. It's not worth it, is it? You just might... Because otherwise you get yourself into a dreadful tizzy. So I've decided I just sit there and smile because it's, <laughs> it makes me feel very much better about things. And then I kind of pretend I'm having a nice time. Apparently, in uh, 2015, that was you, people spent four days in traffic in 2015, the equivalent, and London topped the list of the most congested cities... And a, in a scorecard. I mean, it is. Even with the even with the congestion charge, which I thought would make the streets empty, because it doesn't. The streets are even busier now. Even if you didn't have the uh, the charge for coming in, they'd still be as busy. They'd still be absolutely solid, and we just accept it now. We don't we don't bother complaining anymore. I'm actually a very a very unstressed driver. Although I did, I was with somebody yesterday who got very angry with with somebody. Um, who had just stopped in the middle of the road to ask somebody wh- where to go. It was seriously. So, of course, th- this this person hooted. Beep, 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 and then got out of the car and remonstrated with them, <laughs> which is good. Across the UK, drivers spent 30 hours on average in delays in the year. That's consistent with 2014, and the traffic was up almost two-thirds, 61% of cities. Belgium held on to the top spot. What a god supposed to go to. Don't ever go to Belgium. Seriously. Ugh, even their Brussels sprouts are smaller. It's just an awful... There's nothing that's interesting in Belgium at all. The, uh, the old marketplace is, is fine, but uh, the rest of it, awful. The Netherlands came second, Germany third, and then Luxembourg. I went to Luxembourg once. It's very small. And Switzerland. So the UK dropped to sixth place in the European uh, rankings as a result of Switzerland seeing a rise in traffic levels. Do you know, every time I've seen pictures of Switzerland, I just thought it was, it was sort of people living in chalets waiting for the snow to come down. That's what I thought it was, actually. But when you actually sort of look round, the, the sort of places which are the most congested, South Yorkshire, hours wasted, 27. Coventry and Warwick, oh, 
Coventry. Come bombs rain on Coventry and Warwick. Uh, 28, 29 for Leeds, Bradford. Avon and North Somerset, 30. Birmingham and the Black Country, 34. South Nottinghamshire, 35. Merseyside, 37. Greater Belfast. Greater Belfast. Didn't know there was such a thing. Thought it was just Belfast. Greater Belfast. Greater Manchester. London Commuter Zone, 101. It's a huge jump. Huge jump of hours wasted, 101, compared to the bottom one of only 27, but it is South Yorkshire. You don't, uh, I don't think you see too many cars up there. It's all horse-drawn vehicles, isn't it? I quite like that idea, but we, we just get used to it. I don't, I don't bother about it anymore. I really, I, I've, I've seen people sitting in cars getting frustrated. But that's according to the traffic experts. That's not by, uh, that's not from us. It's ridiculous. Uh, Steve, wheelchairs have the priority on buses. If there are push chairs, the driver needs to ask them to fold the buggy. Well, actually, in all our buses round our way, and I assume it's the same uh, everywhere, is um, he's got a little button he pushes, which is, you know, would you mind going upstairs on the bus? Or the other one is, uh, we had going home on the, on the train yesterday, the Reading train. I mean, I could have got out and pushed the thing and got it there fast. It was very slow because we, we were trailing behind something else. And, um, and every sudden there is a fault with the doors. At this point, we're moving. We're moving. There is a fault with the doors. Oh, my goodness me. Are you sure? Yes, there is a fault with the doors. Not so great. But uh, we got back in one piece. It just means the time I got back, um, Waitrose was actually open. So the naughty thing I did, I'm going to have to fess up to this. I'm going to have to fess up to it. Because my mission was to go and get two mops. Mop heads. And so I thought, OK, that's fine. I know where to get them from. Actually, now I've I've got wise. and And so I go up to... Let's just call it a place uh, near me. It's one of those big barn of places, and they've got this. But they've only got one mop head. They've got half a dozen of the mops with the mop head attached, because it's a detachable mop head, and it's on a handle. Well, I didn't want the handle, did I? I wanted the mop head. And so I, I took the mop head, and I took the mop head off one of the handle things. And uh, so, so, effectively, I'm now holding two mop heads, because that's what I wanted. I'm not trying to sort of not pay for them. I want, I'm, I want to pay for them, quite clearly. I don't do things like that. And so I get to the checkout. So she puts the first one through, and it comes in as £5.46. And then the second one comes up as £9.60. So she looks at me and she goes, oh, that's a bit strange, isn't it? So Because I didn't say anything. I thought, I don't want to incriminate myself this earlier on in the proceedings. And so she goes, but they're both exactly the same. I said, yeah, they look exactly the same to me. Knowing, of course, they were exactly the same. It's just that one had come off a handle because I'd taken it off the handle. So, anyway, so she calls over this uh, this woman who looked fairly officious. She had a suit on and glasses. And in one of these sort of shops, that means management, as far as I'm concerned. So she said, I'll, I'll just go and check. So she comes back and she's, she's walking back up. She's holding the handle. She's holding the handle. She said, it comes off this. So, of course, I have to feign indifference. I go, does it? You know, I didn't know where it came from. And so she said, yes, it's it's a set. It's the it's the handle and the and the mop. I said, oh, right. Oh. And I thought I, th- I thought to myself at the time, she knows I've taken it off the handle. She knows I've taken it off that. But they only had one and my mission was to get two. So anyway, I just bought the one because I didn't want a mop. You know, mops we've got and it just clips on and off. So anyway, so then I thought, wait a minute, £5.46. So two would have been, you know, best part of, uh, of £11. So I thought to myself, I'll go on to Amazon. So I go to Amazon, type in exactly what this is, and two for £7.50 or something. So saved a bit of money, bought them from Amazon. They arrived here the following day. 
So all's well that ends well. But it was the fact that it came with, with the handle that I thought was so funny. And you think, but I don't want the handle. Why would I want a handle? I just want the actual mop bit. So that's it. That's it. So now you know the story. The story of Steve Allen. Uh, working longer is good for the bank balance and your health. Yes, I uh, I would agree that the longer you work, the better it is for your bank balance, and also it's good for your health because at least you're getting, at least you're doing something. At least you're doing something. The problem is for a lot of people, they uh, they go to them, and I've done it myself in years gone by. I've sort of said, right, now, wait a minute, what have I got to do today? Nothing. And I used to work a four-day week. A four-day week seems ridiculous nowadays. But anyway, a four-day week I worked, and so I had the days off. When I didn't have anything to do, I would wake up in the morning, open my eyes and go, I've got nothing to do today, and go back to sleep again. And you tend to find you would sleep on and off throughout the whole day. So by the time you got to about four o'clock, you'd have to go... Oh, I really need to get out of bed. This is ridiculous. I'm just going to vegetate. And so I would force myself. But then you weren't tired when it came to going to bed. So the whole thing had this rather bad knock-on effect for me. So I I gave it up as a bad thing. And so then I decided that if I was awake in the morning, I'd get out of bed. It doesn't matter if I fall asleep on the settee later on. It's actually getting up in the morning and having some purpose. And that's what they're saying. It gives you a longer life. You've got a purpose and you're doing something. If you're just lying there in bed, you might be tired. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. 13 hours he slept. 30, he's going for one of these sleep apnea course things because he doesn't want to sleep for 13 hours because when he wakes up, he feels even worse than when he went to bed. I love an advert. I don't often mention adverts in the paper. This one's actually quite, quite clever. And it's, uh, it's two companies. Uh, one is the cheaper end of the market and one is... The upmarket thing. And for the upmarket bit, they put a padlock. And they said, here is a 50mm padlock with keys, £6.46. And the other company have said, this is what you get for £6. You get the padlock, 50mm, the mini roller set, masking tape, two-pack, the picture-hanging kit, a measuring tape and a premium paintbrush thing, three of them, for six quid. They're just showing you what you get in one shop for six quid and what you get at this other shop for six quid. And I have to be honest, I mean, it does seem like quite good value. Whether or not the quality of the uh, goods would be as good as the first one, I know not. But it's it's what it comes down to, isn't it, nowadays? People go, oh, six quid and you get all of this. Like buying a big bag of sweets from a, a long time ago. So did uh, Arge Argent's sister, he's the Neanderthal out of uh, Towie, way to be old to on the programme. Uh, did she cheat on the marathon? She seems to vanish off the time clock for some reason. Uh, Tom Jones thanks his fans for tributes to his uh, late wife. Uh, the bank holiday, freezing cold out on the roads, be careful. The BA stowaway who fell 1,400 feet to his death on a roof. And how much for two bus stops? Would you believe £550,000? It's a lot, isn't it? And hitting 60, no fear for Fern Britain. Ken Livingston suspended as Labour's anti-Semitism row goes on. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast. News at six is next. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Friday, the 29th of April. I've heard of dogs attacking postmen. It's been a standard thing in this country for years and years. Today we found something unusual. The cat. Every time the postman tries to post something through, the cat appears the other side snarling like there's no tomorrow. It's odd, isn't it, really? All of that and uh, more between now and 6.30. Lisa Riley. 
sheds eight stone. Women go on a diet, apparently, for about six years of their life. The OSO-PC BBC... Ken Livingston suspended as Labour's anti-Semitism row goes on. The Heidi Highstar, who's lost his battle with cancer. And the Grainshill and Minder star, Mark Farmer, who's also died at the age of 53. And work is the key to a longer life. Delay retirement, say the experts. So that's good news, isn't it? Bad news, of course, if you've just retired. Or you're thinking about retiring. That's it's not so good. But I've always said that. I've always said that if you want to have a, a long life, keep working. It keeps your brain active. I see people on the train doing Sudoku and doing crosswords and stuff like that. It keeps your brain active. And, uh, and, that's, and that's supposed to be good. Supposed to be good. Uh, Connor says, I was never sure about Johnny Vegas, but when I saw him in Benidorm, I was very impressed. He's ever such a nice lad. I mean, he's ever such a nice lad. Uh, another one here. 84850, steve at uk. And we shall put uh, everything in on the programme as we can. So don't forget, we'll have a free podcast for you uh, up uh, today, very, very shortly. Very, very shortly. Well, we've had to buy about quarter two, I think. And then the main programme will be up as well as a podcast a little bit later on. Uh, as a London bus and wheelchair user, the situation is sometimes very frustrating, says Glenn. TfL bosses have lumbered the decision onto the drivers and the fare collectors instead of issuing a directive. Shame on the governors. Yes, I mean, our buses have this thing he pushes and saying there's a wheelchair getting on. Can you basically push off? And I think they're supposed to. They have priority. I mean, you know, if, I mean, bus drivers have the right to sort of sit there and say, listen, I'm turning off the engine. You can either get your push chairs off the bus and let that wheelchair on or we're going nowhere. I'd sit there and, and, and drag it out. I really would. Simple as that. If they can't make a decision, and, uh, you know... Uh, there are several parking sites, just like uh, Park.com, says Aircrew Ian, which is a rental site for people's driveway for a small fee. Oh, right. Never heard of that before. I just think it's so dangerous parking at the airports, especially when we've had so many of these incidents over the years. And, uh, and, and it's people who just sort of park your car. On some of them, it's been on trading estates. Well, I don't want a car like mine on a trading estate. Thank you very much indeed. I really don't. And uh, John says, I agree about the Premier League footballers. They're overpaid, have no respect for anybody. Uh, Colleen Nolan has another job, being an agony aunt uh, for the Daily Mirror. Yes, I've, I've read it. I don't, whether it's her, I don't know. You sometimes get people, and, and it's happened over the years, where they get somebody to front up a column... And they just get uh, somebody to phone them up, you know, a, a junior hack and go, uh, listen, there's some columns we're doing here. And the, the first letter is this, this, this and this. How do you feel about that? And she'll then say so and so so and so. She doesn't actually need to write anything. They just put it into her, her words. So that's, I'm assuming, how, uh, how, it, how it goes. That could explain why she's not on Loose Women sometimes. Well, I mean, uh, Nick sometimes does his column. For the Express, he does it in the office. He'll, he'll do it on his, uh, on his laptop, and he can do it in between. So it wouldn't make any difference to Colleen. She doesn't physically need to go anywhere to do it. It can just be, um, you know, <laughs> I understand the fact that you think, John, that she's been given the title of Britain's most straight, straightest talking agony arts. He said, why would anybody go to her? Well, if you read some of the stories in there, you, you probably understand it. You would, un- you would understand why people write to her with, uh, with these things. In fact, I think it was either in yesterday or in, in today, and I'm, I'm fascinated by people who would write into the newspaper. But people do that, don't they? People do write into newspapers and they go, oh, I've got this problem with, you know, my husband's cheated with the next-door neighbour and, you know, what would you want to do about it? And that's... Uh, and then they, they sort of reply. 
And sometimes it's the right advice. To be honest with you, I don't know who actually reads those pages. I, I tend to skirt over them fairly quickly. In fact, I, I don't read them at all. I did like to pick up on the, on the Katie Price story. And uh, here it is. Katie Price has been under fire for two reasons this week. For beautifying her horses. That means painting them a different colour. And putting her kids back in the spotlight after she said they would not be on her shows anymore. But of course, once a liar... Always a liar, and Katie Price just tells lies. At the launch of her dreadful programme, Katie Price's Pony Club, it has been described as a right load of old pony, she said, I decided years ago, but their dad still continued to use them in his reality show. Now they're old enough to say if they do or don't want to do it. Uh, For your information, Junior is ten, ladies and gentlemen, and Princess is eight. She says they get paid for it, and they get a nice bank balance to save up for a house when they're older. Let me just remind you, Junior is ten, and Princess is eight. Okay, this is how thick she is. She says, it looks like we're going to be seeing a lot more of Katie and her broods as she hints of world domination, like the Kardashians. Unfortunately, with her, it's just a load of old claptrap. It generally ends up zilch, zero. She says, I would love to do a reality show featuring all the family. There's so much going on. I've got a husband, who cheated twice, uh, five kids and 200 animals. It's a madhouse. Yeah... Unfortunately, mad is not good in this day and age. Mad, stupid, desperately sad, lonely. All of those things are not the greatest ingredients for a reality show. And that's why she was dropped last time round, because people just weren't interested anymore. I think people had sort of said, we've had enough. She doesn't do anything. In fact, uh, most of her life involved going to a nail bar or having her hair extensions done or nothing. That was it. That was about as good as it got. We didn't actually get anything else at all on the programme. So this one, she's got to try and drag in the animals and she's got to drag in the kids again because now they're old enough to save up for a house. For your information, Junior is ten and Princess is eight. She's already put them up on the television. She puts them up on anything because she hasn't got anything else going in life. But I did search. I did search the Sunday Times Rich list and she wasn't in it or even on it or even underneath it. She wasn't anywhere at all. And I was a little bit disappointed, as people are constantly telling me in the newspapers, through shoddy, lazy journalism, that she's worth £40 million. Well, I fear not, ladies and gentlemen. I fear not worth £40 million if she's seriously worrying about her children at the age of ten saving up for a house. I mean, let's face it, by the time they get old enough to actually do it, she might not even be here. And then I can imagine Kieran will be spending all her lovely money. So, having had the fling with two of her best friends who, again, it's two more people she doesn't talk to. There's hardly anybody she talks to. She fell out with Peter Andre. She fell out with, I think, everybody. Alex Reed. she doesn't talk to. She must have a very lonely existence. I feel a bit sorry for her. Perhaps now she's got the company of those loose women. Perhaps Colleen will have something in common with her. What? I can't imagine. I mean, she is the worst-dressed woman. But there again, she wasn't famous for wearing clothes, was she, Jordan? She was famous for taking her clothes off, but even that's gone by the board now. Nobody cares. Uh, more on Arge's sister in race kick-out. This is Natasha. Natasha appears to have been disqualified from the London Marathon. The tennis coach had had her finishing time removed from the event's official website as bosses probed her super-quick result. Fellow runners claimed they saw her duck under a barrier near the halfway mark in Sunday's race. Natasha apparently ran the final 13 miles in an incredible 48 minutes. She's like superwoman. She really is absolutely amazing. Oh, I hope for her sake she's not cheated. What shame to bring on the uh, on the family. I sincerely hope she hasn't done it. Uh, a map shows the blonde was not registered. Well, blonde. A blonde this week. Last week, dark grey. Week after that, ginger, I should imagine. But uh, she wasn't registered at crossing 11 of the 24 checkpoints. She seemed to disappear after checkpoint number 12 to emerge again shortly before the finish line. Tom Winkler 
who ran dressed as a giant shoe, said, is she going to admit she's cheated? Well, she could be outed as a cheat in the programme. What shame, honestly. I mean, what, what low life, if you really do have to cheat for things like that. I mean, how, how sad is that, ladies and gentlemen? How very, very sad. But uh, anyway, I'm sure the truth will out in the end, won't it? Uh, bus driver for 30 years can only ask the buggy users to fold the wheelchair. To fold, sorry, wheelchair users not have priority. They have a priori- priority if the space is free. Well, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? Why would you have a priority if the space was free? What are you saying? They can fold it up and put it on a chair as well. I've never heard of anything like it. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And so, no, I think you, you can ask them to move. You can on all our buses. All around our way, you can. You can ask them to move. Excuse me, I'm a wheelchair. Get your buggy out of the way. OK, off, off. Push them off the bus if necessary. Uh, after being pushed from pillar to post, working myself to death, less than six months out of work since leaving school, says Raymond, I'm moving out of London and I hope to, uh, to work part-time or temp for the rest of my days. 13 years till I retire. Isn't it funny how people seem to look forward to this retiring? Doesn't, um, it doesn't seem right that people want to actually retire. Unless you hate your job so much that you think, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire. Uh, there's a Venice canal boat cavalcade on Saturday, Sunday and Monday, says Stephen Potter's Bar, if you're not doing anything. And uh, that's very pretty round there. Look at lots of nice big houses and uh, have a look at, uh, at all the canal boats. That'll be really nice, actually. Thank you, Steve, for that one. And Wendy says, um, Farnborough's gone up in the world as one of our buses now announces the bus stops. Voice sounds like Phil Sayer, whose funeral was the other day. Um... But is that an unusual thing, then? Because around our way, the buses have been announcing the bus stops for ages. In fact, in London, every single bus announces the bus stops. And it puts it up as well. We've got a little moving matrix, and it says, you know, Hospital Bridge Road or Heath Road or wherever it happens to be. It's, it says it's been saying that for years. And you've never had that at least five years, isn't it? At least five years. And you've only just got that in Farnborough. <sighs> I'd have that checked, actually. They've been feeding you substandard buses, Wendy. You want to come round here? We've had it all the time. We get everything. Ding, ding, ding. You know, can stop, make the bus lower. So I can't get on and off. In fact, I did have to nearly run for a bus the other day, but I developed a limp, which means that the bus driver then sort of looks grateful when I managed to make it. And I cling onto the door and I go, thanks. Thanks very much. Always works. LBC News Time, 6.15, the latest. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Certainly is 18 minutes past six. It's nice to have your company. Welcome to Friday. Love Friday. Uh, The Portuguese minister has now revealed a Portuguese minister. We didn't charge Madeleine McCann's parents out of compassion. Uh, There was another piece that I read earlier on. It was online and it came through one of the uh, newspapers things saying that... There were a spate of robberies, which I reported this yesterday on the programme, the spate of robberies at the Pride Luche site, and uh, two of them were in their block. And what they're saying is now they interviewed people, they've named three people, two people, three people, who were interviewed at the time over uh, break-ins there. Now, whether or not they had anything to do with Madeleine McCann, they, they said in this that Madeleine McCann might have woken up and disturbed them and they took her with them. Why you'd want to? If you're a burglar, why would you want to be saddled with a child? You know, you don't mind being saddled with somebody's passport or their wallets or credit cards or booze or cigarettes or whatever it happens to be or a lighter or something silly like that. You're not going to want a child, are you? But uh, they seem to think that's a line of inquiry to follow. I think in a month's time, I think they will scale it down completely. Uh, 84850, uh, I'm Sorry, let me just do that uh, very quickly there. It solves that problem. And um, somebody says, I can't believe I've slept through the first two hours of your programme. We do offer a podcast service. 
We do offer a podcast service, and I'm uh, very happy to tell you that if you go to the LBC website, all you have to do is download the free app, and then you can uh, you can apply to, to download all the podcasts. Not just for this programme, you can apply for all of them. Absolutely all of them. Every single programme on LBC, all the specialist programmes, all the in-conversations, and it goes back years. I mean, seriously, it just goes back years and years and years. And you can download some really good stuff. You can download uh, O'Brien, if you must. If you must download O'Brien and his mystery app. If you really must do it, well, then I can't do anything about it. Uh, but just go to lbc.co.uk. Everything on there is uh, fantastic. Everything on there is fantastic. I can't even imagine not giving up your seat for a wheelchair user, Steve. No, I can't. When we were children, we were told to stand up on the bus if there wasn't any room to give a lady your seat. I would still stand and give the lady my seat if the bus was full. Not that I use a bus anymore. I mean, what on earth is the world coming to? Uh, perhaps, perhaps we're just not very well-mannered. No, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Actually, talking of uh, buses... Uh, Buses are one thing, but we have traffic lights that count down for pedestrians. Yes, we have that. We have the beep, 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 beep. And then it goes green, and then you can cross the road, ta, 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 ta. And then it starts counting down. Ten, nine, eight. You want to get, if you want to see it, really see it in action, go to Oxford Circus. Oh, my God. It's almost like it's, it's a car crash waiting to happen. There's people that come at you from every different angle, and you're trying to watch... Is, it, is, is this a go? Is this a go situation? I don't know. Are we, are we going on this light? I don't know. We get, we're moving? No, no, there's more people in front. Because some people are blind. Colour blind. They have no idea. So if it says red, they think that means cross. Whereas, in fact, in some countries, it's illegal. You can get fined for it. Over here, you just take your life in your hands. I hoot. Beep! You know, just to make them jump out of their skin. Because some people are not expecting the car to come from them or to them on the road because they're looking at it from the other side. And, of course, they don't, they don't seem to see anything at all. But uh, it's always entertaining in London. I mean, people just wandering into the road. The worst ones are the crocodiles of Italian tourists. Loads of You might get sort of 50 in one group, all wearing identical plastic packamacs, all wearing identical little backpacks. And once they start crossing the road, you might as well turn the engine off, get the sandwiches out, plug the toaster in and make yourself some nice toasty butties because you're going to be there forever and a day. They just take ages. Keep going. Keep going across the road. Beep. Keep going across the road. Get out the way. <laughs> oh dear, honestly, it's ridiculous, isn't it? The things we have to put up with, but that's mad, is it? Because it's Friday. And uh, Steve, I was on a bus in Crawley a few years ago, and the driver asked a disabled man in a wheelchair to get off the bus uh, to let a woman on with a buggy. Well, that's just that's your fault, isn't it, for living in such a dumb area? I've never heard of anything so stupid in my entire life. I don't believe it either. I don't believe it. I've never heard of that. A disabled man in a wheelchair. I'd be suing them like you couldn't imagine. Suing them like you couldn't imagine. What, pushed off a bus in a wheelchair? <laughs> Pal, that'd be worth thousands. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, another one here. Uh, just quickly, we've got to do the uh, the front pages. Uh, what's this one here? A wife who found uh, a bone marrow donor for her dying husband in a new race to save his life. This is Kate Brandon. She had only 60 days to find a stem cell match for Mike when he was diagnosed with leukaemia in 2014. Incredibly, she succeeded with an online campaign. But the cancer has returned, and Mike's only hope is revolutionary treatment in America. They need... This is the couple who need the £400,000. And they need it in days to get a place at Pennsylvania's Abramson Cancer Centre. You see, in America, you, uh, you pay... 
you don't pay, you don't get the treatment. It's not like here where they go, OK, we'll give you the treatment. Over there, no, not at all. In fact, unless they come up with the £400,000, there's no, there's no treatment. You pay for everything in America. Kate says, I'm feeling the pain of losing the person I care for most in the entire world. And they've, uh, they've done a, a donate site for him. It's in all the, uh, the papers for today. Uh, Granny's on the mend. The one from... I'm going to sneeze again, I'm afraid. Uh, <coughs> thank you. <coughs> thank you. They're definitely putting something in the air conditioning. I'm totally convinced. But uh, after this assault by the Thai gang... She's an old lady. She's 68. She was fell to the ground. Uh, they've arrested, I think, two or three people. And it was over a spilt drink. Now, whether or not bad language was ex- was uh, was used, I don't know. I really don't know. But you just think to yourself, who in their right mind, I couldn't care less whether you're from Thailand or anywhere, who hits a 68-year-old woman? I mean, that's, that's about the lowest of the low. I don't think it gets any worse, does it? I don't think so. Here's the um, silly parent of the day. And there's a picture of her. Her name is Leanne. And um, her son is a football fan. His name is Lewis. Uh, Leanne took Lewis to the hairdressers and um, he arrived for class wearing blue gel in his hair as a tribute to his favourite team, Rangers. The five-year-old, five, count him, five, also had elaborate star patterns to match the Scottish Championship side's crest. Teachers, as you can well imagine, were unimpressed. I mean, I'd have been looking at... I'm looking at a picture of Leanne. I mean, quite clearly, she's a candidate for the Jeremy Kyle show. Quite clearly, she's got no idea at all. You do not send your child to school with blue gel in his hair and his hair cut in star patterns. I'm sorry, dearie, but you just don't, OK? Teachers were unimpressed, and uh, Lewis's mum, uh, who's 24, said... Uh, had to go and collect her upset son. Well, your fault for putting him through it in the first place. You're the only person responsible for that. Nothing to do with the school. She said he was in his school uniform, so why shouldn't it matter? Why should it matter what colour his hair is? They really are this thick out there. Seriously, they really are this stupid. I know it's, I know you find it difficult to believe, but we find them in the newspapers. She says he's been sent home and lost a full day's education, all because of his hair colour. No, dear, you've lost him the day's education because you're too stupid to realise that you don't send your son to school with blue hair. I mean, come on, thick or what? Thick or what? Anyway, he got the gel at the local barber's. Uh, mother said it made me so angry. Yes, you look like you get so angry. You look like one of these people who do shouty-shouty on the television. But uh, he was very excited about it and wanted to show it to his friends. Well, do it on a Friday when he comes home from school and then on Sunday wash it all out again. Try and grow up and be an adult. We realise, obviously, you're not the brightest penny in the box. Angela Cusick, head teacher at uh, the school, says Lewis was not excluded. We simply asked that he did not return to school the following day with his hair blue. Coloured hair is fine on a dress-down day, but not on a normal day. Anyway, Lewis returned to school yesterday with his hair back to its normal colour. So, uh, finally, you have, to, you have to slap these people down. You don't send your kid to school with blue hair. It makes you look stupid. It makes you look very stupid as a mother. It makes you look even more daft than we know you are. Uh, a lot of people talk about Michael McIntyre. People passing comment on his television programme saying he's not very funny. No, he is very funny. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, he's just funny. He can't help it. We do like the... Uh, we do like the cat looking through the letterbox. Lots of papers have got the picture of the cat. They've obviously gone down there and taken a picture. And the cat, of course, is just waiting to pounce. Waiting to pounce. Put those letters through there. I've seen dogs. I've seen dogs. The others, where, where people put the letters through, the dog rips it to pieces. That's, you know, that, that's what dogs do nowadays. But I haven't seen... And you do get postmen who say, I'm not delivering there. I'm not delivering uh, poster there. It's far too dangerous because uh, the dog... And they used to put signs. Remember, you used to see them. You don't see them now, actually. But you used to see signs on um, 
on uh, on people's gates, and and it and it used to say, "Beware of the dog," and you used to think, "Maybe I won't go in there." Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot uk. Somebody says, "If you keep saying you're not bothered or interested in the celebs you talk about, I've never said that. When have I ever said that? I make a living talking about them. What are you talking about? This is some poor creature called Chris, uh, who says, uh, "Why do you spend so much time talking about them and researching them? I get paid for it." This is what I do for a living. I have to explain it to one. He's obviously somebody... He's probably a researcher on the Jeremy Kyle show. He's probably one of those types. Actually, I don't really believe they have researchers on the Jeremy Kyle show. I watched it the other day again, and it was just people on drugs. That's all it was. People on drugs, talking about being on drugs, and sort of calling everybody man. And this, and it was just... It was all a bit sad. This, this time, it was a heroin addict who had done heroin in front of his son. And they'd done a... Um, um, uh, a lie detector test. The girlfriend was with somebody else, but the heroin addict father, who apparently only went back onto heroin because uh, a friend of his had died. Because that's how it works. If you do heroin, you come up with any excuse to go back on it again. And it's because, you know, it's either that or you saw somebody crossing a zebra crossing and they weren't a zebra. And so uh, <laughs> it works like that all the time. And so they then uh, put him on the television and he then starts shouting because she goes to collect him. And in the top of his buggy, there's a needle. And so she said, that's your needle, isn't it? And he said, no. He said, oh, what? So somebody else was doing heroin. And he finally admitted that, yes, he did do heroin and smoked weed in front of his son, who was, I think, four. And then started getting very angry and having sort of hissy fits on the... Te- and I'm thinking, why are we putting these people up on television? You know, it's a bit like Chris, you know, if you're not bothered or interested in the celebrities. Of course I'm interested. That's why I talk about them. That's why they're talked about. That's why it's the biggest thing in every paper. Every single paper, a celebrity story on the front page. Every single paper, without exception. On the front of the mirror, it's Beyonce, Ken, uh, it's J-Lo on the front of the Daily Star, it's Fern Britton on the front of the Express, it's uh, J-Lo again, and the Terminator. That's what they call the cat through the letterbox. And, uh, and Labour's uh, civil war over anti-Semitism with a picture of Lisa Riley. So celebrity big business. And as long as I keep getting paid, Christopher, I shall keep talking about it. I'm sorry if, it, if, if you haven't quite understood it. But, you know, we're trying to explain it slower to you. But I don't really have enough time at the moment. I'm far too busy. Far too important. So we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow morning. OK, a little bit later. We'll do it between five and six for the best of Steve Allen. And then we'll have In Conversation. And it's Sir Jackie Stewart and his son, Mark. And um, and also, I forgot his name again. I keep getting this word blind. It's Johnny Vegas. I keep thinking of his real name. Anyway, uh, download the free LBC app. It's on the LBC website. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. But next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen.